church boys. So, I we're we're running a little bit behind tonight as we were get ready to record, and that's Shocker. that is my that is my fault. I would like to blame Billy. Normally, I would, but but it's not. I Billy's was two fault. minutes early today. I you would were. like to point this out. I was not early sending our stories over, but I was early. I was here. I was waiting for you to. Yes, like, I know. This is true. Lucas I... was getting his eyebrows done. You were <laughs> off doing God knows what. <laughs> Lucas, by the way, your eyebrows do look fabulous right now. Well, I appreciate that. I, uh, you know what? They do a nice job, and uh, I mean. Do you, hey, now do you, and, and your hair is all prettified? Yeah, like your hair is definitely. I got my dome busted. Okay, so yeah, it's a little you, different though. It's do a you go to a lady? Do you go to a lady or a fella? I do go to a lady. Now, yeah. Same same person every time. Um, same salon every time. I have probably two people that I'll shift between. The owners are our friends, and so you know oh, if they get, okay. I kind of support different people they have. There's been one girl who's worked there for a while that I that I typically go to. So. So, I just every, can't picture you like interacting with somebody while they're cutting your hair. Like, what do you talk about? Today, I fell asleep in the chair as it was happening. What? No joke. Yeah, I literally fell asleep while they're cutting my hair. That is bizarre. I and have, all of your clothing would... was where it was, like when you fell asleep. Nothing changed. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. You felt? Did your head bob down? No. While no. They I were have doing mastered it? the art. I can like just sleep perfectly still. And close my eyes while I'm getting my hair cut. You know who he learned that from, right, Billy? Every An single elderly person, no, every Mr. single Six from every Six Flags. I don't know who. Every single person who attends his church. <laughs> That's good. I just go. don't understand what sort of geriatric move falling asleep during a, a hair appointment. Is. Hey, it was the end of the day. I had a long day. You it had. Was, uh, You'd it been was up since little, at least it was like noon. a power nap before the church boys. I mean, well, yeah, we, yeah, we oh. probably put people to sleep too, but. So Chris went on a, a camping trip, a glamping trip, oh, if man. we're going to be honest. Is this like where Bear Grylls is like in the wilderness? No, like no. Five-star hotel? Is ask, what, I mean, what, ask, yeah. me if, ask me if Mrs. Fields is a fan of camping. Is JC a fan of camping? She is not. <laughs> she I'm just, not gonna lie. I'm not a fan of camping. I, I listen. I get it. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. A, I can take it or leave it. I like the idea. I like the idea. Yes, yes. Exactly. I love the idea of camping. And I have mosquitoes show up and the like. The smoke got oil friends. from the fires on you. I've got. But then, like twelve hours in, I'm like, I need a good shower. Oh, like, I this isn't for me. But where I, where I live, I've got friends that they can't wait. I mean, they every weekend they go camping, they go up to the mountains. Usually, they'll do dry camping, so that there's no uh, no no running water, Excuse no power. No. Dry camping, no. camping, no, dry camping. Thank you. And so there's dry no water. camping sounds horrific. Whenever the word dry is involved, I am not interested. <laughs> Welcome to our new sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I so, mean, I just don't understand. So, I, but why. I have got friends that they'll go out in the mountains by themselves. They'll just take their tent for out. How long? Oh, how many days of right? They'll go for days. They'll before? go days. At, they'll go for days at a time. I'm not. Well, I'm not one of those. Camping people. is like staying like off the strip of Vegas. Like that's like. <laughs> Can like, I tell you what I would want to see? <laughs> I would love to to see. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden go on a camping trip. Like I would love to. Like oh, with a reality fabulous. show. Is it Kamala yeah. or Kamala? I don't know. I go with Kamala just because I love saying if you it. You say it fast, nobody knows. Right. right, and I don't understand how to say it, so I won't lie. With Bear Grylls, Bear Grylls <laughs> should take the two of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. For that matter, bring Donald Trump. Yeah, I think, I think they should all go. That would be great. That could possibly solve America's problems. Can you imagine that campfire talk? 
And I feel like Kamala is most likely to have the banjo. <laughs> like, I just picture her with the banjo. I picture Joe staring off into the stars confused. I picture Trump. I mean, I don't I can't even imagine a what he would wear to a campfire. Oh, but a B nightmare. what he would say around a campfire. That, that I think it'd be, I think it'd be fabulous. So I, I do too. All right, so Chris we're not, went on this we're trip not, and it was we're not big we're not big campers. I mean, that's just not what our family does. My mom my mom mm. and dad really enjoy it. They bought a nice big huge RV and so right, they that's take not this, camping though. That's But planning. it is, but it's not it's not a super fancy one, but it's nice and it's big. And so we took it up um, north of Spokane in North Idaho up in the Panhandle. And it's actually a campground that is near um, a a theme park. So we oh, actually COVID. hit a theme park. So, yes. Yeah, so we did a, it. Was a, it was a COVID camping trip. North Idaho has different rules from Washington State. Um, there's different rules about mask wearing and things. And different states do different things. And that's fine. And, and Kootenai County, where Silverwood is, uh, has a mask mandate that you have to stay... If you're outdoors, you have to wear a mask if you can't stay socially distanced, six feet apart or more, right? Well, so Silverwood has set it up so that there's very limited number of people that they let in. You have to buy your tickets in advance for specific dates. There are markers where you can stand in line. Everything is six feet apart. They do a very good job of it. Their workers, I, I was, you know, I've heard people knock on uh, theme parks being open during this time. And I said, I get, I get knocking on the theme parks for that. I, I get it. I don't necessarily agree, but I get knocking on them. And so... You look around and like, okay, do they actually wipe down? They actually were wiping down the rides between every ride, doing all that sort of thing. So, uh-oh. Did they wipe down the flying elephant? I just looked at their website. No, Did no. Chris that? Chris was not wiped down during this. <laughs> <laughs> he was not. Um, okay, well, show title, Flying Elephant. elephant and then, flying Elephant, yes. And then Avalanche Mountain. Uh, Avalanche Did you go in the water, the water ride? There is a water park there. I didn't know we did not do the water ride. There, there are two. So in the theme, there, the, Silverwood has two parts. It's got the Silverwood theme park, and then it's uh. got Boulder Beach, which is this huge water park, which we did a little bit of. But I'm not a water park person, right? Who wants to see this? This does not go out in public. Um, I especially am not a water park person when there's a pandemic going. Most, there's just something see, about I don't like, the water. My my kids love water parks. My sisters, my family does. I used my to daughter love them and I. As a kid. I, I did too, but as I've gotten older, I don't like it. I'm like, I really don't want to. I, listen, I'm not a, I'm not horribly and hideously obese, but I'm like, I don't want to be out there in a swimsuit. I certainly don't want to be around other people who are out there in swimsuits because most of them have zero self-awareness and they shouldn't be out there. Yeah, I don't like being in a bathing it's suit gross. with my shampoo hanging out. I mean, nobody okay. wants that. I, first of all, all of this is wrong, but... I love sitting at like those kind of, see, I don't need to do anything. I just want to sit in a chair, have a book and then take a break every now and then and watch people. And watch people. No, it's spectacular. Okay. No. I mean, I like to watch people too, but then you remember that people are watching you. Right. Like, and that's exactly. the part that be, it's like, Oh, but I'm judging actually people. Are you judging people? Like people? Yes. Yes. I'm judging people. And if so I saw what, me, I'd judge me too. What happened this morning? Cause Chris had, Chris is okay, like, so I'm I laying out, the, I'm laying out what this place is. So this place has, so to, to be fair to us, we did this. And I told my wife before, before we got there, I said, listen, when we were going out to pick up dinner before our first day, because we got, we went up there, we left Monday morning, went to the campground and camped Monday and Monday and, and, and left this morning, Thursday morning, Thursday mid morning. And so we camped Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, Monday, mo we went to the parks on the park on Tuesday and Wednesday. So Monday we had time. So Jason and I were going out to grab dinner for the family and bring it back. And I was telling her, I said, listen, don't post anything to Facebook because I'm not, I'm not ashamed of going to a, theme park i know but I just, 
I don't need the hassle. And and the and frankly, I don't want to look like a jerk. Except I didn't use the word jerk. <laughs> I said I don't want to look like one of those guys, right? It's, I just don't need the hassle, right? <laughs> so, so my wife's on Facebook and on what was it Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, she shows me her phone and goes, look at this. And my mother has posted just picture after picture after picture. <laughs> family. It's like, wow. So anyway, so, so camping, here's, here's how camping is going for, for us up at Silverwood. Now you have to understand when you go to North Idaho, it's obviously further North, but it's also higher elevation. So it gets cooler at nighttime. And so it's much more, there's pine trees and everything. It's very uh, remote. It's nice. So the camper, the big uh, trailer mom and dad have, it's a big one. It's got a, a queen bed in the front, and mom and dad slept in, my folks slept in that. And then there is a couch that pulls out into a bed, and my wife slept in that. There, where the table is, the, di- the dining room, the, it folds out into a table, and my daughter, my eldest daughter, slept in that. And Monsters 2 and 3 slept in the bunk beds in the back. There's nine of us. There's my folks. The five of us in Miami family and my two sisters who are just a little, who are two and five years younger than me. They bring a giant tent. It's actually like a three, four person tent, but just my sister stayed in there. So they stayed in this tent and guess where your boy slept? In the back of the truck that my father <laughs> used to pull the place. Now it has a canopy over it. Don't get me. I'm not sleeping out in the, you know, in the open air. Okay. No, this is terrifying. This is how people die, Chris. Okay, so this I, is how people so die I'm, in scary movies. So I'm sleep. I, this is, my sleeping quarters are are that, and, and this so, is like Bigfoot country too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like were there bears and, and skinheads? No, no. This is a nice campground. It's a reputable place. Belly. That doesn't this mean there nice, aren't bears. Well, there weren't Sasquatch. There were, there were no. There were no bears. Right. There were only. I, Whales, no manatees because you were in New you York. Slept, so you slept in the back of a truck yes. with a pretend tent over it. Well, it, has, it, it has a hard canopy over the top of it. Because Did you find a hook hand? No, on the no back of the the bumper afterwards. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I didn't. So wait, were you uh, like wait 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 were you like Shamu where people could look into the windows while you were sleeping? They could, and, and if they if we had it, we actually had a, a dispenser out. You could put quarters in and, and get food to throw me, so it worked out. <laughs> So I'm sleeping in the back of this. And so the, to, to sleep back there, to have a mattress, you have to just get a single um, a twin air mattress. <laughs> and it fits between them. Now, if you see, it wasn't one of those nice air mattresses that you get at Costco or these other places that's, you know, two feet, what, two feet thick and it's got the automatic right. fell right. It wasn't one of those. It was a probably a $12 uh, blue uh, a, a twin Which mattress. Which means you're on sheet metal. <laughs> So we filled this thing up. I, I was amazed. That's that it, awful. It didn't. I was amazed it didn't deflate. It didn't. I was expecting it to, but it didn't. So for three nights, but I had to bump it up every night before I went to bed. But it's one of those where a normal person, a normal person, not an obese person, a normal person weighing somewhere between 150 and 190 pounds sleeping on that. In order for them to sleep comfortably on it, you would have to fill it up firm, right? So that it's not sagging too much. Well, when you fill this one up firm, it's built with these big humps over it, so it like gives it texture. But they're humps that that I swear, from where the seam is to the top of the hump, has got to be three inches. And so what you've done is you've created four crevasses between all the humps on this thing. And so there's it's impossible to lay flat on this, unless you're me when you've completely squashed the thing. So I'm this this is where I'm sleeping. And the first night, it gets down to about 45, 48 degrees, right? And I've only got the windows only crack a little bit, so they're the on the side. So I had them crack, and I had the the, the canopy closed. But I'm starting to freeze. To I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm dying here. So I I can't I can't get warm. 
except for the fact that when you're sleeping on a when you're sleeping on an inflatable mattress, you have to have several layers of of cloth underneath you, or you're going to sweat because it's vinyl, right? And so I had a, a, a mattress pad and a sheet, and I was still hot. Anything that was touching the mattress was hot because I was just sweating. But the rest of me was freezing my took us off. I finally, at about three o'clock in the morning, remember, I think in the back of the van, I've got a blanket hidden back there. So I go in the back of mom and dad's van. <laughs> go in the back of the van. I, I, I pull out a, this this thin blanket and another pocket blanket that had been tucked away. So I pulled those and grabbed one of those on it. I finally fall asleep, start to fall asleep. And go, Man, now I got I to gotta pee. Well, of course, the bathroom... I could go in the trailer where everyone is sleeping at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> or I could go to the, the public restrooms that are about an eighth of a mile away in They're 45 degrees. Right? How dark are we talking? How dark is it at this point? It's dark. The, the, the paths are lit. The paths like to the bathroom and to, to go around the campground. It's a nice, pa- it's a nice campground. If none, of this, guess, none of this like sounds KOA. nice. If you had to guess, are there three or five Sasquatch watching you right now oh, as you're walking? Five minimum. So okay. I'm so I'm walking the back and I get back to the get back to the back of the truck and I'm wide awake because I just walked a quarter of a mile in 45 degree weather, <laughs> muttering to myself like an old man. I finally get to sleep around three and get up around seven, which is fine. The next night, instead of being 45 degrees, it was 60 degrees. So completely different situation for what blankets I needed and things, and so, which was fine. And I had kind of figured out the system of sleeping in there and what what I would need. And so the next night, last night. It dropped down to about 38 degrees, okay? So that's where we start. Now, Billy, before I go any further, and Billy, now, Lucas, you, you're half Italian, right? I am. So your mother I mean, Italian? Your my mother mom, Italian? yeah. Okay. Technically, my mom is half Italian. Why so. don't, because my mother is not Italian. But why don't you two, why don't you two let the world know what an Italian mother is like? Um, <laughs> picture, picture, um, like, remember when you'd walk through the woods? What are those little things called that stick to you? You know, the, what are they? Like, like, birds? Goat hit, like goat yeah, hits? they're like, bur- yes, they're, they're like the little circular things. They get mm-hmm. stuck in your clothes and they're fun. You can throw them. Picture walking through a patch of those <laughs> and they're all over you. They're on your eyebrows, your hair, your, your recently done eyebrows, Lucas. And right. as you're walking, the more you walk, the more stuck you get in these things. Right. You keep pulling them off, but more come. That's kind of like having an Italian mom. It's <laughs> it's lots of hugs, mm-hmm. lots of uh, hand motions. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of obsession over your life and, and making what you're sure doing. you're it's all making well-meaning. sure you're okay. Yes, it's all well meaning. Right. It's right. well meaning. Right. You you look hungry. Here's a sandwich. Lots of good food. Right, right. Like here, you look hungry. Here's a sandwich, or here's a casserole, yeah. or something. Can Mama's I make you something? hundred percent Italian. Yeah, wow. yeah. Like she just did the DNA test because I was like, you got to have something. There's nothing no, else. She's it's just pure. different parts of Italy. So it's it can yeah. be it can be smothering. Oh uh, yeah, it can be. But there's also, I love but you Italians. Know, right, yes. but it's it's they mean well. They're trying to care for you. But it's it's. And I don't mean, and smothering is, it, it can be smothering. And I don't mean to say that my mother is smothering because I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean smothering. And there's a she, chance she's listening. Well, she, she's oh, about she to knows, send she knows, me more pictures she knows, of your childhood. She knows I'm telling this story because when I got up this morning and was telling people, I said, the greatest thing about this is now I have a story to tell. 
and it will be told. <laughs> and so my mother is not Italian, but I think she thinks she is, or she was Italian in a previous life or, or something, right? That's, I mean, if uh, I wouldn't surprise me at all if she did a genetic test like your mom and came out 106% Italian, <laughs> but she's not, she's not Italian, but she wants to take care of her children all the time. I'm 44 years old. Yeah, okay? you're very old. I don't, I appreciate the gesture. I don't always need the help. Right. Don't, don't mistake my saying I don't need help for not, for being an, unappreciative. Well, when you see a whale out of water. Right, exactly. You throw, a, you throw buckets of water on There's a tendency to want to at least right. splash a little exactly. on it. Soak a towel, set the towel on the, on the, on the whale. So last night, we finally get the kids tucked to bed. I go into my little bedroom, which is the back of the truck, and I, I crawl into bed, and my, my sisters are sleeping comfortably in their tent. I can hear them snoring. And they've got their big, comfy air mattresses, their mini blankets. They're not laying on what last night became, instead of a hot mattress because I was on vinyl, a conductor of cold because I was laying on sheet metal those are the cold. I, I know exactly oh. what you're speaking about. Those are the coldest things on the planet. Oh. When you're cold on an air mattress, you're really, really So cold. I had cold coming from underneath and cold yeah. coming from above. And the worst part is you probably like were around COVID during this time too. <laughs> so I probably so your have the COVID. Immunities are low. So I were lick, <laughs> like touching rides anyway. So I'm, I swear to God, I Let's am go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am now. It's I I I I went to bed probably the park closed at nine nine fifteen we got back to I got the kids tucked into bed at nine forty five I'm like dude I am ahead of schedule I could go lay down I could just go to bed because my wife's exhausted my my folks are one hundred and four years old and they're exhausted so they're <laughs> laying down like I have nothing else to do I might as well just go to bed I had my iPad with me I downloaded some shows and some movies and stuff so I'm like I could watch this while I'm laying there nine forty five I crawl into my comfy little bed I'm laying there. And it's starting to get cooler. At 12 o'clock, I finally turn off my iPad because I can't get to sleep. I am just, for whatever reason, wound up. So I turn off my iPad and I just lay there on my side. And finally, finally, probably around, I don't know, 12, 31 o'clock, finally fall asleep. Because I'm, I'm cold. I'm, 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 I'm having trouble getting adjusting to the cold. And then at the last second, remember, oh, I found this one other little pocket blanket. So I kind of put that over my shoulder. Here's the problem. They don't make blankets large enough. For people like me and Billy. <laughs> because I had two blankets already. But one of them I had, and I, by large enough, I mean like long enough. Because I had one blanket that I put. How I, my, tall are you two for the, about for the six, studio six foot, audience here we have foot, listening? About six foot, six one. So I have Apparently it. Apparently tall means wide now. I have it, <laughs> I have it from about plan. the bottom of my rib cage to, to my feet in order to cover my feet. So I take the other blanket and put it from about my waist. Or just oh, you gotta overlap them, right? Why didn't my, you like bring a quilt and plan for this? Because I didn't know it was gonna be that cold. So but I, you... so I, and and because if I don't have, if I usually sleep in long um, pajamas, I don't wear usually long a shirt, underwear, no long, just long pajama bottoms. Because if okay. my legs touch each other, they sweat. So, but uh, I didn't bring oh, long chub rub. Okay, no, not chub rub, just sweaty, clammy skin. I Just take, sweaty. I have, so because I had to wear shorts, I then had to every night take the, the bed sheet and rub them, not rub, 
put the bed sheet between my legs so that they weren't touching each other and sweating. This is so So wild. I'm tangled this, in these know, blankets. This is like a Joe Biden so interview. I finally, <laughs> this is a Joe Biden interview because he's just rambling. You're just talking, but I have to, I do have to tell you what's good about this is that you now have experience of what Joe Biden's America is going to look like for all of us. <laughs> yes. When do we so, talk about them rubbing your leg? Okay, hair? so that's what I want to so know. So now, so now I have finally started to doze <laughs> off around twelve thirty, one o'clock. After watching television from from ten to twelve, laying there trying to fall asleep, from twelve between turn it off twelve, twelve, twelve thirty, twelve forty five, finally start to fall asleep because I finally found one more small blanket that could cover my shoulders. I start to do, I finally doze off. About an hour and a half later, I wake up again, needing to roll over because if I sleep. I can't sleep on my back. And if you sleep on your stomach, especially on an air mattress, your back is screwed. So I have to sleep on side to side. But my shoulders are so banged up that I have to I have to swap sides every hour and a half or so just in order to avoid being in excruciating pain. About an hour and a half later, I, fl- I flip over to my other side. And I'm laying there going, flopped. I'm, I'm <laughs> I flopped over. I just pictured other. like a pancake getting so, like flipped over. Exactly. That's what it was. <laughs> this but of side course, is done. everything's tangled, right? Because my legs are inside the sheet, so I have to shift those. So I have to completely untangle recover myself i flip back over to my like to my left dough. Uh, yeah i flip back over to my left side and then i'm laying there going now i'm freezing and i wound up and i can't fall back to sleep and now i have to pee but where's the problem what's the problem if i go to the bathroom i can go to my parents trailer where everyone's sleeping and wake everybody up or i can walk an eighth of a mile or a quarter of a mile round trip to the to the to the bathroom that's you know in the park I said you know what i think i don't think i have to go that bad i can just lay here and I think that I'll be able to go to sleep. And if I can get to sleep, I shouldn't have a problem. About 45 minutes later, I finally fall asleep. And I'm like, I, I, I felt good to finally fall asleep. I convinced myself that I didn't have to pee. About another 45 minutes after that, suddenly I feel this rush of cold air shoot into the... Oh, I thought you peed the, yourself. No, I got really excited. I know you did. I knew, I knew what you were thinking. I, I feel this rush of cold air because it would have warmed me up for about 30 seconds and it would have been horribly cold. I feel this rush of cold air and I'm like, what in the world? And it's waking me up and suddenly I'm being pelted with towels. Okay. And so I'm like, what is going on? I go, what is going on? And I'm looking around, I'm waving my arms and I look up and there's my mom. She's got towels, bath towels that are dry, and she's laying them on top of me. Trying, I go. She goes, well, it's cold out here. <laughs> I thought you'd be cold. I said, I was asleep. <laughs> I was finally asleep. That so, is having an so Italian she, mother. So, so then she throws more towels in there on top of me. I'm like, just go to bed. Please, just go to bed. <laughs> Let me and tell so, you the Lucas version of that story. Uh, because the Chris version was 22 minutes and 47 seconds. That's all. I thought I thought it was like three hours. So, so this is here's good. the Lucas version. I was camping. It was really cold. I was laying in the back of this thing. I couldn't sleep. Barely slept. Well, and I you woke were, up, and my mom threw a bunch of towels how, on me. But you were interrupting me. So my mother well, has, I mean, has to done remind you so, that you are Shamu so, to let right. you know that so they're. Then, so then I'm laying there. Now I'm mad, right? Because now you're like. And it's one of those reactions. It's the reaction you have when you're suddenly awoken, right? I, now I'm mad. <laughs> I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. I finally fall asleep. I thought, okay. And I finally start to calm down. And then it hits me like, I don't need to be bad about this. She, was, she, she meant well. And by the way, now I have a story. And so, that, so I'm past that. And I'm, think, I'm thinking about how I tell the, this story. In the dark? Like, <laughs> and what's she doing up at 3 o'clock in the morning throwing towels at me? Or two thirty, whatever time. And so, 
I now I'm laying there, right? And I, I'm past being mad. I'm like, okay, now I just need to go back to sleep. And what hits me? Now I got to pee. Now I got to pee bad. And I'm like, I don't want it. So finally I just get out of bed. And I go and I go into the trailer. Well, yeah, I walk at that point in, I would have woken everyone it up. It might be point. time so to talk just, to your just, doctor just, about this evening pee no, thing no, that I was, you got going there. Well, I, but I was holding it. Anyway, so I go into the trailer think, okay, I'll just be super quiet and not wake anybody up, right? And I go in there, and it has got to be 95 degrees in that trailer. I mean, it is hot Wait, as... Wait, is there not air conditioning? No, they had air conditioning on, but then everyone in the trailer, because they're all sissies, is going, I'm cold, it's cold, give me a blanket, I'm cold, turn off the heat, I'm cold, turn off the air conditioning, I'm cold. But that's my wife's voice. <laughs> so I, I go in there, and I say, how are these people surviving in here? It's got to be 1,000 degrees. So anyway, I go into the bathroom to use... Now, if you've been in an RV... You know that the bathrooms in that in the in an RV are about the size of a, of a small closet, uh, hall hall closet, coffin, so go, if yes. you will, like a phone booth. Yes. So I go in there to use the bathroom. I'm standing there at the at the John, and I'm doing my business. And then I'm realize my back of my leg is on fire. Now the the geniuses who designed this trailer and this bathroom. I look down, and right there's there is about eight inches of space, maybe a foot between the, the front of the bowl and the wall that has, and there's a heater at the base of that wall. So if you're standing there, the heater is essentially pressed up against the back of your calf. Right. And I'm like, so my legs on fire. Well, I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of my business. And so I have to lift one leg up and set it up on the wall while I finish. And anyway, thankfully there was no disaster. You need to have a constant GoPro mounted oh, to your head. So I, I finally, Trapes back out to the truck, and about another hour later, finally fall asleep. But this morning, I woke up and <laughs> just <laughs> told my family, and they're all <laughs> just laughing at mom. <laughs> but anyway, so that was my travail today, and my neurotic wannabe Italian mother. So what? What would? Well, first of all, we have to start the show. But what would Kamala say about this? What do you guys think? What do you? What would she say about this? Do I feel like have, she would have aborted that uh, mission, like. <laughs> An unborn baby at Planned Parenthood. All right, start the show. <laughs> that was so stupid. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant rich. Chris Field. Bad guy in little gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. <laughs> what was that? What was that, Lucas? What? Are you interrupting Satan? You realize that that's who that is, right? Who does our... He's our voiceover yeah, guy. Yeah. So uh, with that segue that Billy had. That was a terrible, terrible joke, not meant to make light of the issue, but to basically so sort of transition us into the fact that uh, Kamala might soon be our vice president or president. Never going to happen. You don't think, you know, I think if the not election were chance. held today, if the election were held today, I think she would, I think that you they can just would look at people and see, are they going to get elected or not? And I just look at those two and go, I don't think so. See, I can picture it. No. What about you, Chris? Can you, I, I can actually so see it. I think Billy, you, you know this cause you and I have talked about this, but I, I have said from the beginning, I'm pretty sure from the beginning that it was yes. going to be Joe Biden with Kamala Harris as his running mate. 
That has been my prediction all along, and that will be a tough ticket to beat. You think they're going to win? I'll tell you, last week, I tell you, they win in a walk. This week, I tell you, I still think they're going to win. But yeah, it's, mm. it's, but it, a lot of time. Things left. are fickle. Things are things, things like this happen. There was a poll that came out, what, Monday that said at this moment, four years ago, the point differential was about the same. Yeah, that the, they're saying that the polls are actually very similar, like almost eerily similar at this point as to where they were in 20, right before 2016 election. I mean, I do think like, you know, if anybody's listening, I know there's a lot of people, the polls were inaccurate. Well, national polls were not inaccurate. We've talked a lot about this, Chris, like some of the state polls. Yeah. I think that people were under reporting, but when you look at the national polls, Hillary won the popular vote and they're reflective of her winning the popular vote. Right. Trump has a lot of work to do to get, first of all, to get the popular vote. I mean, that's going to be hard. He didn't do it last time. Now he's got to do that. And I don't, I think he's got a record to run on this time. And I do know a lot of people, in fairness to Trump, who were anti-Trump last time who are now saying on the right, we're going to vote for him. But there are people like me who are like, okay, I don't know. Like, I gave it a shot. I think policy-wise, it was what I would have wanted in a a lot of ways. But the rhetoric, I just don't want to be part of. Not not that those people aren't going to vote, but I do. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a mixed bag. And... Biden is very smart. He's going after evangelicals. I don't think he'll get many, but he's trying. Right. I mean, Biden and his team are two different things, but the I I just think if you put if Biden actually goes to a debate and doesn't have a teleprompter, I think it's going to be all over. Now, the question is, are they actually going to make him debate? Because I think that they're I mean, they've already canceled the one at Notre Dame, which was here in my city. Um and you know that was going to be that was going to be a major you know major major debate stop so i don't know if that's been moved anywhere else or just totally canceled at this point i think they've got well, excuses yeah. to, i think they've got plenty of excuses to cancel debates i don't think they will i think i i here's but here's what's going to happen joe biden might be doddering right and and come across as kind of an old man but he's still likable trump's going to come out as acerbic as he as is his nature and that's fine that's what he was elected on but he's going to come out with what the media is going to come after him on is they're not going to fact check Joe Biden for the most part, but they will fact fact check Trump. And Trump's going to come out and say, we have more COVID cases because there's more testing. Well, that's not exactly why we have more COVID cases. We have more. Our COVID, our confirmed COVID cases has outpaced our increase in in testing. So, yes, testing yeah. is some of it, but it's more than that because because the 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 the. the the confirmed cases is outpacing. Well, no other country has experienced the issues with COVID that we have in terms of volume and numbers. I mean, it's regardless of how many residents it's, yeah, I feel like he should just be honest about it and say, we haven't gotten it under control the way we want to. And we're working on it, but he can't do yeah. that because it's an election year. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know. Crazy Biden, that that's even a topic yep. like the, I mean, if you would have said four years ago, you think a, you know, a health crisis like that is going to be on the, well, just you think know, about an issue it. for the ballot. I mean, no way. You think never about, saw it. Think about where we were in January. If we if we don't have COVID, if we don't have COVID, we mm-hmm. the economy stays where it was. He yep. I, and 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 we don't have the race riots, right? Yep. And, the, and he wins in a walk. Right. But to, neither to of but I mean, neither walk, of Trump's responses to those things were adequate, in my view. That was the issue. I think I actually think he squandered two great opportunities that he could have recovered 
on no both one, of those no issues. One was he had to frame those for himself because no one was going to do it for him. But what's the what's the proper way for him to frame the COVID stuff and the race stuff? I don't I don't know what it is because when it comes to the COVID things, he was right as far as I was concerned politically in that it's states' rights. The states each state has to determine how they're going to address yeah. these things, and that's well, correct. He could have come out as a leading voice to say every state gets to determine what they do. But here would be my suggestion. I would suggest, but, but he didn't do that. Social, he wasn't right. Consistent. That would be something he could have done, but didn't. And right. maybe that's something he should have done, and maybe is regretting. But the, as far as like the race stuff, I, that was that took on a life of its own. Nobody could stop that on either side. That's not, but not about stopping it. It's about addressing it. He gave one speech where he attempted to offer up. I mean, here's the here is the thing. When you have a situation like that, you have a time when the entire country, no matter what side you're on of whatever issue it is. They're looking for somewhere to turn. You're looking for the moral centerpiece, right? And so I actually think, in my view, one of the simple things you do is you open up a dialogue with people and you go out of your way to address the issue yeah. in, a, in, a, in a constructive way, not in a Twitter rant daily. See, I, I agree. I think the Twitter, well, I agree with part of that. The, the, Twitter, uh, the Twitter rant, I don't think, helps the situation. I think that um, I can tell you that, you know, I took that head on and addressed it with people, listened, did multiple listening sessions, was on with, you know, um, probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 different African-American pastors and faith leaders. Um, and I would say by and large, the I felt like that the majority of those conversations created more divide in the end. There was only one or two. I mean, honestly, the best one that I had was on this program. Yeah. Um, you know, when we had Marcus on the show, uh, and I thought that that was fabulous, you know, um, but I think that, I mean, I, I think that that was a very difficult situation for people to navigate. And, and it, I think it oftentimes felt like if you got in the water, if you had any sort of, you know, dissenting view in regards to, you know, the BLM organization and Marxism and these sort of things that were coming through, um, you just ended up looking bad if you got involved in the conversation. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, I think he did as much, if not more than Obama did during some of the things like Ferguson and other, I mean, he didn't throw cops under the bus. He didn't, you know, he addressed, Hey, if there's bad policing, we need to deal with it. Yep. And, you know, uh, but I mean, it wasn't the sit down, listen session that everybody wanted. Certainly not. And I think it should have, I think there should have been some of that. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I listen at the end of the day, when you look at polls, the public didn't feel like he handled either of those things well. So I guess right. no, it doesn't matter whether what we think most Americans, it seemed they felt a disconnect. I mean, when you're going out of your way to defend the monuments piece without the problem with Trump that he often has is he oversimplifies every issue. So he goes and he defends statues without actually trying to understand why some of those statues are offensive to local people and yeah. their communities. Um, and you can address, hey, you don't tear statues down. You take them down the appropriate way. You go through the right channels. He just doesn't possess the ability to extrapolate. I'm not saying he doesn't possess it. He chooses not to exercise the ability to extrapolate those things. And I think that that's important. And I, as crazy as Joe Biden is, he's much better at that well, than I, Trump is. But I think here's where I think Trump is. I see, I don't know what, Billy, I don't know what you'd advise him to say, but in in this when it comes to the statue stuff i don't care one way or the other frankly about the statue stuff i mean i can i, I understand the people who want to keep them and they're like this is part of our heritage i disagree uh, i that would that would i don't i don't want to spend my time standing up for the confederacy 
I, that's not where that's to me. That's not a that's not a good political play, whether I agree with it or not. It's not a good political play. I, I, I have some issues. I have some issues with that. But I think where Trump has come came came from on the on the statue issue is where a lot of average people are. And that's is that is. Do you understand that nobody talks about this until everybody gets riled up about it? And then everybody insists that the statues have to come down. Nobody was talking about this six weeks ago. And so they're all people are flummoxed. They're like, why is this suddenly an issue? It's suddenly an issue because we've been told that it's an issue. It's the same thing. Do you remember what is it, 10, 12 years ago? Maybe it was 15 years ago. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of stories about shark attacks happening. Like, oh, look out, there's look at this shark attack happened over here, and this shark attack happened over here. Watch out for sharks in the water. And there was this national scare about shark attacks. Well, it turns out there were not more shark attacks that year than in any previous years. It yeah. fell right along the average. But we yeah, were told I, I to be worried about. I guess this is it. a little different than that. I mean, no, I don't. I don't mean. I'm talking about being played up. That it, that well, that, but that don't you think there are people the, who the wanted lead. these things gone for years and have tried to fight for it and haven't gotten anywhere? I mean, listen, I'm Maybe. not. I'm. Yeah. Pro, I'm very much. I. I. I understand why seeing those things in your local community as a could symbol be, yeah. of sure. something that is horrific would be very frustrating over the course of one's life to say, why is this on public land? Yeah. Why are we paying to maintain this? I could, why are my tax well, dollars agree, going toward it? I agree if it's something like a, a, a statue of William Bedford Forrest. Right. right? Not that, George Washington. Right. right. But the right. George Washington yeah, I mean, you got thing people and the Christopher calling Columbus. For, um, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, also, I mean, you had you had monuments that were paid for by African-American groups that were donated and these things that were being torn down. I sure, mean, it was, yeah, yeah. You, right. I mean, you had uh, what was the one of Voltaire was torn down. I mean, you know, it, I mean, got, it got out of hand. I, I'm I would have liked to have seen Trump rise up the, the moment that George Bush had. Obviously, this is very different. But the 9-11 moment, you know, the moment where you get up and you say our country right now, we are dealing with something deep and difficult and. You know what? Yeah. Talk to those around you. Love those around you. He just he's incapable of doing yeah. it. Twitter is his place to go. And if you go on all those days where the most chaos was happening, he was pouring gasoline on that fire on Twitter. And that was what he chose to do. Yeah. That's the disconnect I'm talking about. That's intentional. And I do think there are some things he said. The suburban stuff he's been saying this week, hands down. That's weird. It's, weird, it's not just weird. It's intentional. And I mean, I don't know. I think that this is... I feel like he and you used to say this, Chris, and I used to tell you, no, no, no. And I don't want to misrepresent your words. There's a little bit of a dog whistle there sometimes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Absolutely. And it's intentional. I feel it is unless he's completely incompetent, which I don't believe he is. And I don't think it's and I think but I don't think it's three three dimensional chess either. I don't think it's I don't think it's that advanced. This guy is not a chess player. He's a checkers player. And he's going this move serves me at this moment at this time. That's what it is. Wait, no, right. there, and, yeah. So listen, I have been, as I've said, gone all week. I've tried to keep up with things as I can on my phone, but I'm spending time with the family. So I didn't get all of the, the back and forth. I heard there was some justification for his, like the context of his suburbs remarks. I don't know all the context of it, but from what I read, it was not, it was not the best. It was maybe not as bad as maybe as, you know, Brian Stelter would Brian Stelter, who says that there's no network out there trying to go after go after yeah, Trump like ridiculous. like Fox is going after Biden which is total BS. But I don't know that it's as bad as what, you know, somebody like a Brian Stelter would say, would say, but it certainly isn't as excusable as maybe the White House spokesman would say. So what Billy Billy I mean not Billy Lucas what's your reaction to the suburb comments? 
Actually, I did not see the full quote on that. I was just pulling it up right now to yeah, see. Yeah, I'm trying the, uh... to find the tweet as we speak right now because I would like I think we need to Okay, I have it here. Okay. Um now this was yesterday, and I think I believe it was after Kamala was announced. He said, The suburban housewife in quotes will be voting for me. They want safety and are thrilled that I ended the long running program where low income housing would invade their neighborhood. Biden would reinstate it in a bigger form with Cory Booker in charge. Um, so, you know, there's a lot going on there. Suburban housewife in quotes. I, I, I can't read into what he's trying to say, but okay, so, I think a lot of other people were reading into it. Um, so let me, can I play this quote? It's about a minute and a half. And this, I think, is sure. what we're looking for. It says, Trump says low-income housing will destroy the suburbs. Let me unmute this. I apologize if it's loud. I haven't tested this this computer on this board yet. Or not at all. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, you have warned several times that if Joe Biden is elected president, that there will be an invasion uh, in suburban neighborhoods. It's a sentiment that you expressed yeah. in a tweet again this morning. What exactly do you mean by invasion? Uh, what I mean is people are going to become, uh, they're going to be opening up areas of your neighborhood, which they're doing, and now they're going to do, they wanted to expand it, and they will expand it. If for any reason, they're going to, in my opinion, destroy suburbia. And just so you understand, 30% plus of the people living in suburbia are minorities. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American, they're minorities, 30%. The number's even higher. It's they say 35, but I like to cut it a little bit lower. You know why? That way I can never get myself in too much trouble with the fake news. But 30% plus are minorities living in suburbia. And when they go in and they want to change zoning so that you have lots of problems where they want to build low-income housing, uh, you want something where people can aspire to be there, not something where it gets hurt badly. And that's what happens. So with suburban women, suburban men, I think they feel very strongly about what I'm doing. It's a very, I mean, it's a very fair question. It's a very important question. But they fought all their lives to be there. And then all of a sudden, they have something happen that changes their life and changes what they fought for for so many years. John, please. Okay, so that's him explaining his remarks. So thoughts. Um, well, it's interesting that he's turned to this because I, from what I've heard, polling among suburb the suburbanites who put him in office, he's sort of cratered with with support among many of those groups. So it is interesting. He's specifically talking about suburban women, right? Well, he said suburban um, men too. Yes, I, well, the tweet the tweet was women, right? Or did I get that wrong? Oh, I don't the know. Tweet... In, the, in that quote there, he just said suburban. Yeah, he brought up. Right. Yeah, I think fact, the tweet was women, and or he talked about right. uh, think, sub, think, suburban I housewives. Think, I think he said and this. And then Person, that he brought up uh, woman, the men as well. Man, camera, TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, I'm this is above my pay grade because he's talking about um, a housing rule that was an Obama era update, and um, it was something that has obviously been controversial. And this is, here's what I would say about this, regardless of whether or not he's making points that don't involve these issues. He even knows that people are going to go there immediately. What did he say? And I'll pull, I'll point it back to you guys. 
in the midst of answering that question, when he started talking about the demographics of these neighborhoods, immediately he said 30 percent of the people living right, in these neighborhoods. Right. So he, he's saying so he's he's he knows that he's going to be accused of race baiting. Right. So he's going to the 30 percent minorities because he's talking about oh, Section 8. Right. I mean, and here's 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 the here's the here's the truth. Right. Here's and Billy, I think you could whether you agree with the way Trump says these things or not. I think that we can all agree that there's a part of us that's going, please don't bring Section 8 housing into my community. I think everybody I think everybody goes through that from time to time. Right. And I think because, it was it because was of what uh, comes with it. It was Carson that terminated that in the AFFH in 20. Uh, he terminated the 2015 rule. Um, when did he do that? And. In January 2018 is when it was suspended. Yeah, and some of it happened this year, too, in January, some of it. Um, listen, I'm not going to say – I just think that these are – if I'm looking out – and I know that for people who want to win, winning is key, even if the if the intent isn't to do those things, right? To to Knowing that the assumption is going to be that you're doing that, it's a tactic I would try to avoid in yeah. the midst of a time when people are – having such intense racial unrest. Well, and, I just, I don't yeah. think he helps. And he, when, when he's saying that right after Kamala Harris gets picked right around that time, I, it, I, I, I don't see. I don't, I don't, I don't hear I don't, anything don't. in that statement about race. I don't hear a dog whistle. Well, he I did hear, though. He heard that? it because he, 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 he heard it because that's why he said, that's why he, he heard went it because he himself, because, because right. he was, cri First of all, and, he, he was criticized for the, the question to him. He didn't like go do a press conference and do this. He, the reporters are coming to him and they're tweeted. baiting him. Well, they're baiting him first and then he has to respond to it. So Didn't this he is tweet after that, though, or no? Did, I don't know. Because, when was that? When because was that? the media, because the media, because the media, though, the media automatically assumes. And I think not unfairly so. And I don't mean this is anything other than just an observation. When the media hears low income housing or Section 8 housing and we don't want that here, they go, you don't want minorities here. Right. And why do so, they say that? Because a lot of those people are minorities. Now, I will say, I don't care what color they are. I'm if I had a if it was up to me, it was my vote that that made the difference. I would not put I would not vote to put a Section Eight housing complex in the middle of my community, right? That's, I have some family that is you know relatively near to where I am. Nice neighborhood. Uh, there was a Section Eight um, you know uh, development that went in directly behind. Um, and since that has happened, crime in that neighborhood has shot up like crazy. Um, you know, they just had two brand new SUVs were stolen out of the driveway, one of the houses. And this is, there's probably, you know, 20 houses on this street, um, that are there. I mean, this is, it's, it's a real thing. Now the, all the section eight, it's all whites, you know, there's not, there's, there's probably, uh, virtually no minorities in this particular area because it's just not an area that, 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 uh, there's that demographic right now. And so, you know, I think that to to jump to assume that this, you know, is some sort of race statement. I don't I don't think that's fair. Um, I think that that's being really, you know, that he's being baited in that way to try to take it in that direction. Well, I would also point out that the largest cohort of Section Eight housing recipients, as far as I understand it, are white people. Forty nine percent are white individuals, uh, which I think is really interesting too um, about yes, this. But so, that, but that makes but that makes this that housing disproportionately minority yes no no because white people make up 60 to 5 to 70 percent of the population right. or whatever um i but i guess listen i listen i understand why the media would jump to that 
conclusion for two reasons. One, that's the the conclusion they will automatically jump to every time with him and with Republicans. Every time. So I, I'm not surprised. But I shouldn't I understand it. I'm not surprised by it. The other is, I I get it. I mean, I get. Yeah, the, the it's disproportionately minority. That doesn't mean that's what he meant. But you got to be more artful when you when you're living in the political world and you're surrounded by political people. They ought to be telling you, you just, Mr. President, please, just, that doesn't help. I don't know that it's the issue that I, I feel like the selection of the issue is tone deaf at the moment. That's my regardless of the meaning of it. I don't think it's something right now. People have a lot of things that are on their mind. Um, and I think obviously what's been happening with race in this country is on people's minds. So yeah. if you're if I am exactly. running for president or I'm president, I'm trying to think, what can I what can I say that's going to not again pour gasoline on that and that is the issue that i have with him i think even if it's unintentional he should be smarter chris is there a timestamp on that quote that uh, uh or that clip that you played uh i just played the whole thing it's a minute 45 no no is there a uh, is there a date on it oh, or uh, uh, time august went out august 12th so yesterday at 4 30 my time 4 27 so, my time so the 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 tweet that is referenced um, was from that I'm seeing the initial one was from July 29th uh, that he started talking about this. So, you know, it wasn't just a response of what was you know, that tweet, though? It was your housing prices will go up based on the market and crime will go down. I've rescinded the Obama era, uh, uh, Obama Biden AFFH rule. Enjoy. Sure. So enjoy. So <laughs> so but do you not see how within hours of Kamala Harris being the candidate, how it might be toned after to start talking about quotes. He put suburban housewives of suburban women in quotes and to bring the issue up again in the light. And just to think, oh, this might not go over well because the immediate reaction was that it didn't go over well. Yeah. Look, I mean, the reality is we're talking about it. And so, you know, Trump has to do, he's going to do Trump stuff. And Trump stuff is he's going to say stuff in a way that gets people talking and some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. Um, I, I don't I, I just think that the making that a race allegation, especially when people are coming to him with this question and baiting him. I don't think it's no, fair. No, no, no. I see that. I don't. They're not baiting him. He, he's been tweeting about it. He's, he's yeah, answering questions based the, on the insane tweets he says. That's that's from what's the, happening. What was insane about what I just read? Yeah, but he said he tweeted enjoy, something which since was funny. then. He 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 said something since then. Sure. So what, I don't have a problem. I'm saying his, his his Twitter feed is basically. Uh, let me stop myself. I was I, going to characterize what I think his Twitter feed is, but I'm going to stop the Twitter. Let me put it this way: If you saw that Twitter feed and you didn't know who it was, most people would be horrified by it generally speaking, or they'd be like, what in the world is going on in this person's brain? Um, now he only hires the best people and he's a stable genius. And listen, I love some good Trump. I love when Trump is on and he's funny and he's being charismatic. I love it when he's doing stuff that I think is unhelpful. I am annoyed. And I found so, all, I find this line of attack unhelpful at the moment. So the, the tweet that Billy read though, the tweet that Billy read that talked about the suburban housewife in quotes was from five o'clock in the morning, my time on August 12th. So he tweeted that before he was asked about the press conference. I don't know yeah. what prompted that other than he brought it up apparently with Fox and friends of Maria Bartiromo. Maybe, I don't know, but that's, that's when he tweeted. That's when he tweeted that. 
So that comes across as, uh, why are you talking about the suburban housewives all of a sudden? I mean, I, I get why. That doesn't mean it was the right jump to make. I understand. I'm not surprised at all by making that jump because it's not a big jump to make necessarily. Well, I think we need to have a break here actually right. for a we moment because we have an exciting, exciting announcement, which we've talked about this on yeah, the show. We did We're last part week. of the yeah. Edify podcast a- network. Absolutely. People know that. All so right. just play it. Okay, we'll be right play back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. The church boys. Man, I eat these guys. Okay, so I had a question about Kamala Harris before we, before we move on to other nonsense because I think you've actually got some faith-related stories and since we're on Edify and other platforms, we should probably talk faith stuff once in a while. But... um. Kamala Harris said two things about Joe Biden over the last six, 12 months that I don't know how, how did they square this one? She says she thinks he's racist. And two, she said she believed his accusers. What say ye, you two? How do they square that? I mean, I think that if I'm Trump, I'm talking about that endlessly. And by the way, they've already sent Pence out. I don't know if you Pence is uh-huh. actually on the defense. He's on the offense, rather. They've got him out there. And Good. I think that's great. I I mean, there's, yeah, there's no, there's no defense for that. It's clear. Like, it's not just saying like, oh, I don't think he's the best person for the job. I think you should pick me instead. Right. Uh, I mean, these were, these were accusatory statements, um, you know, that, that show not only zero support, it's actually anti support for him for, from his character and who he is. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I think it's gonna be damaging you know, for the campaign when that when that starts getting heard, you know, even more people start putting that together. I experienced something similar when somebody on this show accused me of having white privilege. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> was, I might do it again tonight. Very, very who traumatic. Such a, I feel like who people are going to run clips of that, Lucas, when we're they, running for office. They should. Yeah, when they see that, like, I'm part of your new book, and then they're going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> he accused him of white privilege. <laughs> I just Wait. I think that they're going to play these clips endlessly. If I'm in a debate, I'm bringing it up with them. If I'm Trump, oh, I'm absolutely. Oh, well, why are you qualified? She thinks you're a racist. You're talking right. about me having racist issues. Right. You your running mate thinks that right. you are a horrible racist and she believes your accusers. <laughs> like I mean, I mean yeah, that's that the, is the that you, should be nonstop. Right. And, and it has to be that you can't get into the minutia of what she's accusing of who's accusing him of when it comes to like the busing and things because nobody's that's not going to get any traction. It's just yeah. got to be she said he's racist. So why are you why why is she running with him? Either she's a liar or she has aspirations to take over the White House because he's a doddering old fool who's not going to make it four years. That's that's the attack they have to make, I think. <laughs> And if she and she can't say something like, "Well, I'm just here because I want to change things," well, then you're lying because you've already been talking about him in such a favorable way. Yeah. You know, like, "Oh, I'm I'm doing this just because I really want to make change. I want to get in there." Well, you you've aligned yourself with yeah. him, so exactly what you just said. You're either yeah. lying or opportunistic. And how well can you work together with somebody when you have that there? If that's really what's behind the scenes and everything else going on, I mean, that it, it brings up a lot of 
problems, I think, for the but campaign. But it goes. But I think but he calls her an honorary Biden. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> but it, she's long been an honorary Biden. But I don't see this, and that's the thing is that what a lot of people don't understand is she didn't mean it when she said it. I don't think she ever believed his accusers. I think that most of these people who believe accusers don't actually. They just use it for political gain. I don't think she ever thought he's a racist. I think that she thought that was a card she could play to help her in the primaries, and it didn't work out. I don't think she believes it. I was talking to my family this weekend. I said there are two shows that have been created that's, that adequately and accurately portray life in Washington, D.C. when it comes to government and politics because these people are out for themselves all the time. They have zero self-awareness. They are a comedy of errors, and those two shows are House of Cards because it's filled with... I don't know if you guys... Watch, did you guys watch yeah. House of Cards? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it's filled with deviousness and people trying to get an edge and get ahead and willing to do anything it takes to do to anybody to gain power and whatever else it is that they're wanting. So there's that. The other... That's like you on this show, oh yeah. actually. The other... Behind the scenes of this show. The other is Veep. Did you guys ever watch Veep with Julia Louis-Dreyfus? No. Oh. No. It I thought is, you were going to say scandal. No, it's it's Veep because it is it is dumb. It is it is people who are borderline clueless running everything, which is how it is in Washington D.C. But they're out for themselves, and it's just again a comedy of errors, one screw up after another, and people continue to get promoted and pushed through. They have they have their own agenda in mind. They want more power, which is what Veep's all about. Plus all the the comedic. Just screw ups. Uh, I, if you want to understand what wash, I have to warn you, there is language in both shows, and a House of Cards has some sexual problems to it. But a lot of weird okay. things so, happening. So in that. yeah, we stopped watching it before it ended after yes, it was all totally. the chaos. Yeah, we, I didn't, didn't watch, watch the, the final, final seasons. Yeah. yeah, but um, and I would like to finish it because I want to see what they do with uh, well. Princess Buttercup, who becomes president. She just right? looked. She just looked like Cecile Richards to me the whole time. Kinda, the former Planned Parenthood that, president, and I had a really vibe. hard time. Yeah, she what? She kind of gave that vibe. So yeah. anyway, but I, again, I highly recommend Veep. I, I with with the caveat that it's there is a language warning there, but it is well, hysterical well, and it is. I guess accurate. this isn't so churchy take, today. Take it from some. Take it from someone who worked there for years. This is how it. This is how it goes. All right. Back to something more, less ridiculous and more sublime. Like Bieber? Should we talk so about the Biebs? Bieber got <sighs> baptized. That's fun to say. With his wife. With his wife. It was a tan. It's, I don't know if I've so ever seen So were they in the pool tandem. dunking? Were they in the pool dunking each other? Or was it like, like a legit baptism? I think Judah dunked him. Judah Smith. Yeah, Judah Smith. It was and, and, and with what's his face from E, the yes. other uh, Christian guy there. What's his name? The E host. Jason um, Kennedy. Jason yeah, Jason Kennedy. Kennedy. Yes, I um, actually I met him very briefly at one of Judah's early meetings at the uh, Montage Hotel in Beverly Hills when they were first starting their meetings. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Do you keep I'm, in touch with Judah? Do you talk to him? Uh, no, I've only talked to Judah a couple times. Um, we've uh, Judah Smith. Everyone just Judah so you know. Smith. Yeah, Pastor Judah Smith. Um, City Church. Uh, no, it's actually called something else now. It's called, um, it's like Christ Home, Church Home, is he the Church guy, Home. Is he the guy in called. Seattle or wherever? Yeah, yeah they have multiple yeah. campuses. So they have so a Seattle how, campus and LA campus. And so things. is he connected to Bieber through LA? So yeah, um, I mean, he, he yeah. I mean, they, he's kind of been considered Bieber's pastor for okay. quite a while. A long I mean, time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys that claim him, but so uh, I was talking. Judas I was thinking. I, was thinking I thought history. I was thinking like Carson Lentz or Wentz or what. Carl yeah, Lentz. No, they're, Carl... they're all connected. I mean, they're all friends. Yeah. He. Yeah. We had Judas Smith at the Blaze. Stuff. He actually came down and we did some interviews with him. 
probably like 2014, 2015. It was interesting. And, you know, I haven't talked with him like much, but we follow each other. And like, I, I think he's interesting. And what I do love, I think it's a hard role to be in when you're a pastor of celebrities, because whatever they do, it kind of falls on you. But, but Bieber really has been on a good trajectory. Yeah. You know, he really has been. So it's cool to see him get baptized and his, his wife went to my church. I think I've told you guys this growing up. Right. And so in, in Lucas, everyone has connections to the Baldwins, but, but yeah, she was just a kid the last time I saw her at church, but it's just funny, you know, seeing, watching this and seeing it, we went to a super small church. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, it's cool to see. I hope it continues. I hope they lead people. What is it? What is it they're doing for a living now? I mean, is she a model still or what does she do? I mean, I think when you're at that level, you just, you do whatever. But I mean, like, Like, you're not clocking in. Right. Has he put, no, but I mean, like, he, he made a lot of music, right? Has he put out any new records lately? I don't yeah, keep yeah, up with what he's he done. Yummy, yummy that just came out here recently. I don't care about that stuff. I, I love Beaver. I love Beaver do. music. Christy and I were on a road trip the other day. We were rocking out to his album. Um, well, I'll, I'll pray for you. Um, I know. Hey. No, he does. He does a good job. He's a talented guy. He's, kid, he's you know? a he talented. Super, I will admit he's, he's a talented. sharp artist. He's talented. So I'm a Bieber fan. So when was his last um, record? I. What's that? Is Yummy like a raunchy song or no? No. When was Bieber? When did when did he put out his last album? It was just like, this year, I think. Like the, yeah, the end of last year. He's been doing worship like during COVID. I think he was like leading worship, and yeah, before yeah. that, he would show up to church and just lead worship and stuff. So he's been. You want me to I read mean, you the lyrics to Yummy? I don't know. I've heard all sorts of conspiracy theories about Yummy, so I've not listened to it. Yeah, you got that Yummy. But you need yum, to sing it. You got that sing. Yummy Yum. That Yummy Yummy. <laughs> so it's a thoughtful. Yeah, you got that Yummy thought, Yum. There's a thoughtful that song. That Yummy Yum. That Yummy Yummy. All right. Wait, what? That, that is the. That's the chorus. So yeah. I mean, well. Okay. You want me to keep going? No, I'm horrified. Um, but I think it's actually I, really catchy. Oh, and Chris Pratt, hold on, we got it. Chris Pratt, he put out a couple Bible verses and you know a couple Psalms uh, when his baby was born this week. Um, he had a baby and he was thanking God publicly. And then KJ Appa, that's his name from I Still Believe, who's on Riverdale. Um, he put up a thing about Jesus. I don't know if you saw that and um, talked all about the attributes of Jesus in this post. You're seeing all these people in Hollywood and some of them who do roles sometimes that you might say, uh, you know, but you're seeing this rise of people talking about Jesus and it doesn't feel like fluffy like it used to. It doesn't yeah. feel Contrived. fake. It feels real, yeah. you know, um, which I hope we see more of. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a there's a plus and a minus, you know, to that, depending upon how it goes. Uh, the, the, the difficult thing, and this isn't a statement about, you know, Beaver or Pratt or anybody like that. I've heard just wonderful things about, you know, both of them. Um, the celebrities in general and, 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 and you know, whether it's a, a wealthy um, doctor, a, a real estate developer that goes to your church, uh, um, you know, a, a, a celebrity. You know, you come to a point, I think, as a pastor where it becomes difficult to disciple people when, I mean, a lot of these guys, like they have been on put on the map, um, and I'm not saying this negatively about them, but there's some of these pastors that they've been put on the map because of their relationships with some of these actors, musicians, artists, et cetera. 
And, you know, I think that when you're seeing things in their life, it's like anybody else, like you have to decide, like, how much do you want to disciple them? And I always tell pastors like, you know, and I don't, I've, you know, this is something I have to remind myself of never give somebody or never answer questions that people aren't asking. And so, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. dealing with somebody and you're discipling them and they're not asking that question, that's not a place I'm going to speak in their life yet. And so, you know, you're watching people go through things. You want to see them transform. And I think it's really easy for them to kind of, you know, kind of stumble through that path. And, and they become hard people to confront oftentimes because you don't want to scare them off. You're Mm -hmm. glad that they're there. You don't want to be a stumbling block for them. You also, you know, you see the leverage that's happening there, you know, by them being there. There's just a lot of emotions. And so I've, I've helped some people kind of navigate that of how do I work with kind of these higher profile people. And, and I think that there's a lot of thought that goes into it and, and it's not an easy place, you know, to be in. So I'm, I'm rooting for them to come through. Uh, the challenge is when you have somebody that kind of finds some initial faith, but all of a sudden they start becoming like this doctrinal spokesperson, but they really, they're still new. They're confused. Like just because you're famous in the, the human world doesn't mean that you should necessarily all of a sudden become, you know, right. pastor or preacher on the stage. And I think we've seen some of those challenges with Kanye, you know, um, but, you know, thankfully he's kind of allowed some other people and pastors alongside of him to take the mic a little bit, which I think is important. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. President Kanye. <laughs> President Kanye. Yes. Um, Campaign's still going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. didn't he um, announce his VP was going to be some pastor's wife? Is that right? Uh, I think she's a pastor. I think yeah, she's, she's like a pastor. A, oh, I thought yeah. it was a pastor's wife, like somebody he knew who was his wife, her, his wife. But whatever, it doesn't matter because he's not going to be president. Uh, do, um, Stranger things have happened. If Chris, Biden doesn't make it until November, then it could be Kanye and Trump on the ballot. Could you imagine? I can. Mm-hmm. I can't. No, I 2020, can't. guys. I got news for you. We are it, only in August. 2020 has a lot more it's to not offer. Over yet. It is it's not, over, not over yet. I think weirder. we're just kicking up. I think that I my prediction. I'm going to give my dire prediction. I'm wrong about everything. I feel like COVID's going to kick back up in the fall. I feel like we're going to shut down again. And I feel like in the midst of that, I don't you know what else. So obsessed happen. with COVID. I am. It really is. I think I think most people are. I think you, you guys need to are go to an amusement it. park and like lick the railing. I think you guys are. Over, I bought a house because I'm obsessed with COVID. And I need to get out of oh, New York. Speaking of, yeah. Do we? Speaking can, of, yeah. Do we, we want to talk about that? Can How's we, the house? I, my story will not be long. Well, we've we've almost threatened to pull out of the house two or three times in the last like two days. Um, the we're dealing with sellers who it appears as though. They, you sign a contract, you agree to a closing date, and then they just decide they're going to close like a month later. Oh. Like, and so they hire movers for. They always wanted to close on September 11th. They never wanted to close in August, but we like cannot. For like patriotic reasons? No, no, I don't know. They chose that day because it made sense. That was our initial contract. We, okay. my wife is going back to teach. Our kids are. We don't know what's happening. With it's way too chaotic for us. It's in another state, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like it's two minutes away. We can't be there in September, so we made that clear. We agreed to August 24th, and suddenly, after knowing for two months that that was the date, they have decided that they are going to hire movers for September 8th. So ask me, explain to me how that is at, at all possible. Well, you just don't listen to the contract you signed, and... What what could happen? I mean, from what I understand, you know, you have the upper hand as the buyer at that point because you've signed an well, agreement. It's a, it's a contract, and right, you have a contract. So um, it's just been it's been messy, 
uh, because we really can't go like we've we've pursued every option. If my wife can't be there to sign, you know, the loan that we're taking out for this, can I sign for her? Can I be her power of attorney? I mean, it's gotten like into all these. It's crazy. So we have settled on the fact that we're still closing on the 24th and they will rent from us until mid-September. Have they agreed to um, that at least? Well, they didn't agree to the price we asked for, so then we had to negotiate that again today. It's like it is the most difficult. You move, right? I just don't understand. Like, I don't take your stuff and get out. Whatever. Chris could haul that trailer over there with the uh, little tent in the back of the pickup, and they could sleep in that until. uh, But see, that's the thing. If the closing, if the closing, and your moving date is set, you go there and say, "Okay, August twenty fourth, I'm moving in, and whatever is left here belongs to me at that moment." Get off my lawn. Right. It's just crazy because you want to be understanding and you want to be. I know. But like the entire process has been very much they get what they want. They set the terms. And so we were going to pull out of the deal yesterday and we're like, should we just and, you know, we've like prayed a lot about it and we feel like this is what we're supposed to do. So we we've stuck with it. But, you know, if they want to pay us for a couple of weeks. But, you know, the other issue is like we were going to move stuff ourselves there. But at this point, we're going to have to hire movers because it went from like we're going to bring a couple things to like two garage fulls of stuff now because you're moving into another house that needs to be fully furnished. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of uncertainty. Like we don't know if our kids are going back to school. Are your kids going back to school? That's the plan. Chris? Yeah. That's August, the plan. I think August 31st is, is, is when we're starting the way that, but that's, that's how Washington has it set up. I don't know how New York is right now. I know Cuomo said there's no sc- guidance. Cuomo said no all guidance. schools can, may open. They may open. Washington state they has may- said the same thing. And they said it's going to be district by district, maybe county by county, but district by district, because some counties have multiple districts within it. Ours is one county and we have one school district within it. Uh, and and we are and they and the way that it has been ranked as far as uh, the, the covid cases go when it comes to going back to school. They said there are three. There's low, medium and high. Uh, I don't know. Degrees of difficult, not degrees of difficulty, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's a severity. And so we are in the green, right? We're in the lowest level. There are only five counties in the entire state that qualify under green where they're saying our recommendation is when you're in the green level, K through six or K through seven, go to school all day, every day in person like normal. And for middle and high school, we suggest you go part time. You mix it up. You do something in line and something. That's in what our district is. And, doing, so, and that's what they have said. But that was just but Inslee made it very clear because he came out a week or so ago said we're going to be making this big announcement about what's going on. And people start to get really nervous. They thought, oh, great. He's going to shut us down. And he didn't. He came out to his credit and he said, these are not regulations. These are just recommendations. We're not this is we're not enforcing this. This is not a mandate. But here's our recommendations. And that's when they set up the color code situation and said these five counties would call, qualify under green. And so the plan is right now to be in school, in person, K through 12, uh, all day, every Monday through Friday, like normal. But kids will eat, eat uh, when, it, when it's seven through, grades 7 through 12, they will eat lunches in their homerooms. Um, they have to wear their masks going to school and in the hallways and leaving school. But when they're in the classroom, they'll be separated enough that masks won't be required. I think is how it oh, all that works. That sounds nice. That's not the same for us. You have to wear them all the time, which yeah. good luck getting my five-year-old well, to wear a mask all the time. Here's the, here's the thing that drives me crazy about the masks. They have said from state to state to state, they have said, if you cannot socially distance, you need to wear a mask, which means socially distancing six feet is as effective as wearing a mask, that not both things get, are required yeah. at the same time. If the kids can socially distance, then why do they need a mask? And good I luck like getting I, a first yeah, grader to keep I, their mask on. 
is a kindergartner going to socially distance though? That's the real question. But they're just saying no. The answer is but it's, no. But if they're but, in there, if they have their desks separated, their tables separated, right? And they're like, no, yeah. you need to make sure you ask permission before you get up to go to the bathroom or go get a drink, whatever it is. That that they can, the, the teachers can yeah. monitor those things. And the and the problem is the problem with social distancing and not or not social distancing is when you are together for a, an extended period of time. Passing someone in the hallway is not enough to be a problem. No, but the it's, other the, it's, the thing that makes this like content. You know that a teacher has to man the room where they send the COVID kids to, or the kids they suspect that have it. And this has actually been like an issue for some of the teachers who have met. There have been teachers who have died who have manned these rooms. But if the face masks, if the face masks are the magic bullet, then put a friggin' face mask on. It's not gonna be a problem. Right. But I guess I guess the question is like, why is a teacher manning the room? And these schools do well, not who have. Who else I don't should know, do it? Like, what? Well, I don't know. Do a it? nurse, maybe. Like, there are schools that don't have nurses here. There are schools in New York City. Or they don't have enough nurses. They don't have nurses in these schools. Yeah. So you you have sick kids potentially in a city that in a state where thirty five thousand people died, where you don't potentially have like even knowledge of how to deal with somebody who's sick, right? right. And so, like some of the I never went to a school that didn't have a nurse. I right. don't know like how that's even possible to be honest with you, but um there's i don't think teachers should be the ones handling medical affairs of students you should have a nurse handling that well but you might have um, a nurse that designates them as as they need to be in the covid room but they don't need you don't need to pay a nurse to babysit the covid room until well, parents the COVID come room is until, only a place that you're parents, sending the kids so they can be taken until out of parents the school. can get them right so why should that nurse be in there babysitting a room full of covid kids till parents come up that it because totally makes babysit the kids no, it in makes the sense. Don't, be, don't put a teacher don't put a teacher do. in there put one of the tas in there not i don't mean like a part I don't I'm want to endanger my wife or some other teacher in a COVID room. No, you'd rather endanger. No, that. you'd rather endanger the nurse. That's fine. Just like you. That's the nurse. Just like these teachers who are happy. No, official. teachers are teachers are happy to have Walmart workers should be at work. Gas station attendants teachers should be have at work. Teachers have nothing to do with that. Gas, teachers signed and, up. Teachers signed they up, to up teach. for the same. They, they up did for not the sign same. up to be medical professionals. That my wife. Neither is did the guy at Walmart who has to watch all these people. I would guess that if the person who is in that room, if that's what they're assigned to, has agreed to it. If no. they're not comfortable with it, no, they're not. My wife is dealing with this right now. She's got a. She has did to. Did she get assigned to it? No, that no, room? no. She, she hasn't been, and she she would quit. And, if she was. and it probably wouldn't, wouldn't be a. My guess is not a teacher, but one of the teacher's aides, one of the ones but that are hired as, that a para, as a para pro. Absolutely, you can. Your contract Chris. is you serve in what room I assign you to. So yes, you can. Chris, do that's it. not Absolutely. what education is. You don't you don't tell people you're going to man a room of sick kids. You the nurse does that. If a you are a para pro, you do. I'm not that's talking about teachers. Do. I'm talking about para pros. My guess is a para pro is who's going to be assigned to that. And a well, para pro does whatever the heck the what was school tells before, them to do. But needless to say, needless to say, you know this is a big point of stress, you know, in our house because it's something that you know we we're dealing with, and so. Sending my kids back is an, is another story. I don't think they're going to go back. They sent them home with computers yesterday. We had to go yeah. pick computers up. So I'm is assuming there, it'll is be that October. A private, but, is that a private school? But no, I, I, I agree that Walmart workers, that's great, but that has nothing to do with teachers. Teachers did not sign up to be in COVID rooms. So I will back the teachers. Well, you're, talking about the, think... the, you're, not, you're not talking about the classroom. You're just talking about specifically that one COVID storage room. You need to store yeah, the I COVID mean, kids listen, Listen, you and I have different views on this because, you know, we just you have family members who are teachers. I have family. You know, I you and I are in different places on the unions. Sure. I'm not quite where the teachers are, but I'm not quite where you are either. Yeah. I think I I do think that if you're going when you're talking about jobs where you're congregating people in one area that we have to kind of think that through and make sure it's safe. I do think in most places it's safe to do it right now. 
right? Right. So if you're not in a danger area, you know, she she happens to be in the district where it's still three percent infection rate, right? So, so it's it's one of the so let me ask higher this. areas. What should be done with the COVID? If a kid is found, oh, we think you have COVID. You've got the signs of it. You've got a temperature. You've have a trouble. You've lost taste or smell. You should. You need to go home. Mommy and daddy need to come get you. Right. What should be done with those students where they're discovered during the day? Should they be put in a COVID room to begin with? Yeah, I don't know what the answer. This is why schools don't want to open a lot of schools. I, I don't mean, know what the I answer would, is. I would suspect that you need to pull them out of the classroom and say, hey, listen, we're going to have you go in this, this room over here because mommy and daddy got to come get you. And because you are, you're at risk of getting other people sick, we're going to have you be in this room with other kids who have the same thing, who appear Section to have the same out thing. an area of the gym. Or well, what if the other like kids that, don't have, have it? Like but, it has to, but, if, if, but if those kids are, have to be congregated together because they think they have COVID, if that's the approach, that room has to be manned. If a school, sure. do, but wait, if a school a doesn't, medical professional. if school, That's what if a school, should be doing. if a school, for, for one thing, has has one or two nurses, you can't necessarily afford to have a nurse go to do that. A parapro is the right person to do it. If they don't have a nurse and it's not in the budget and they can't do it, what is your suggestion? Who mans that room? My suggestion was get it in your damn budget and hire but if another it's medical not, professional. It's, as you know, solution. as you know, what as someone married to, married to a teacher, married to You've a teacher, got, what's the answer? Chris, you can't just automatically pull in a nurse. People. You can't just automatically, automatically pull in a nurse. You can't just automatically pull in a nurse. But you don't have it budgeted. But the answer is well, then budget. This is so complicated. I don't like hire more staff. They have no problem hiring more people to work in district office. I'm sure they could figure out hiring more nurses. Now that I would agree with. I think I just think that at this point, if you're going to do this, you need to do it the right way. Our district is asking parents to log the temperature of their kids every morning before we yeah. send them to school. That's what which we have is, to do. Which is crazy because 50 percent of people with right. with confirmed COVID don't have fevers. But almost 100 almost 100 percent of people who have the flu do have a fever. Now, so you're yeah, going to have my a bunch wife of people- is going to go back to work, which is fine. Um, but my kids may not go back till October, so that leaves me to work a full time job and teach so them. You know, are they, so. now are they private school? No, they're they're, pub, the no, public they're school is the current plan is to open um, for K five, similar to what you mentioned. Right. But they sent us home with computers, and I and they're you know just we don't a, know just what's in case happen. kind of thing. But, yeah. So. I don't have a solution to it, but I do. I do see both sides of it, and I and I understand not wanting to be the person forced oh, into sure. manning the COVID room. No, I would. No, you guys want to do it? I don't. I don't necessarily think it should be a teacher because the teacher should be in the classroom teaching. If you're so expendable as a teacher as we can that we can take you out of the classroom, then you were expendable as a teacher. Parapros are another story. If your job as a parapro is you, your job is to help maintain discipline in the classroom. Perhaps a couple help a couple special needs kids. There's some kids that you tag along with. There are other kids. You have other responsibilities. Maybe you work in two or three different classrooms during the day because you're a parapro. And God bless them. They do a lot of important work in the schools. But if that's your job, there are going to be times you're assigned to the COVID room. And, because and that's, that's, were, the, that's the job. If this were a typical business you know, you're going to offer some sort of hazard pay. You're going to ask them if they'll take on that role or not. They're going to agree or they're going to say no, and they're, you're going to find somebody else. And, you know, I mean, there's ways to do this. I mean, we're not talking, you know, if, if we're talking like dozens and dozens of kids in the same school, like they're going to just shut down the whole school. Yeah. 
you know, and it's going to go for two weeks off or whatever yeah, that is. They have but, a plan but, for but, that. But if you've got, you know, so we're talking, right. we're talking a very small number of kids potentially. Well, just a it, otherwise, it's going to trigger a shutdown. Absolutely. But what do you guys think is going to happen in flu season when nobody knows if they have COVID or something else? Do you assume that right. this isn't going to be a disaster in oh, November? I'm, 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 I'm betting on it being a disaster. But here's it's going to here's it's going to be a disaster, not because necessarily the virus. It's going to be a disaster because people don't know how to handle exactly. Well, know, how do you handle that? I would, I would section out if, 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 if to, you have a temperature you don't extra come to safe, I would have, you know, a paraprofessional in there who, you know, have a nicer mask on them, have, you know, gloves have, you know, they're fogging the place down. There's all sorts of new products that are out there that yep. are making, you know, things to sanitize areas. Um, and then you just section out some cots that are, you know, put them, put the cots 15 feet apart in the gym, you know, whatever you got to do. So they can just kind of monitor the situation until the parents get there. And, you know, I, I just think that there are there's solutions here. You know, this this isn't Ebola. I think that, you know, especially now that we understand a little bit more how to treat this, the rates of, of recovery are a lot better than they were. Um, I, I think it's a different place. And I think I think um, Billy, I think Lucas's point is right, is that if you're talking dozens of kids in a room, oops. You're, you're talking school shutdown. That is if going to be what it if is. If you're talking two, two to four or five school students, last year students. before COVID was literally the school shut down. See, over I, the I don't think that's going to be the, because this year, anybody that's got a sniffle, they're going to be like, nope, you can't come. But that's so going like, to be everybody. That's my point. You're going to, so you're those, going to have, I don't think those kids but are if they're not coming, if they're not coming, they can't be let in. You don't have to shut the school down because a kid never came in to begin with. So, but, but you don't find, I don't know. I, part of me thinks, and this is where I differ from you guys that, I know we can't stay shut down, but I actually think this conversation about it being better for kids to be masked up, trapped in the same room all day long, eating every meal there, not being allowed to go near other kids is more damaging than being home at this point. I That's I, my question of, oh, this is so healthy. Well, yeah, if they were going to normal school where they weren't going I think to be it's treated better, I like. Think it's, I think it's still better for the kids, and I think it's way better for the parents who have to get back to work. But do you, do you assume that the priority is educating the kids at this point? No, I presume the, I, I presume I presume the 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 priority is babysitting the children. So, so I've then never why would it be listen. I have never I have never I have never overall I have not. It, it varies from school to school, but overall I have never given the government the benefit of the doubt that the priority is the education of children. My my I have always assumed that the priority of educa public education is to indoctrinate and babysit. That has been the that has been the priority of government-run schools for the last thirty years, and I think that continues to be the priority. Absolutely. Now, I, do I think there's educating education going on in some of these schools? Absolutely. I put up our school, our public school, against any other school. I love our school, but that I think the that things you that, described happen in schools, and they're unfortunate. I would like to think that the priority is educating kids. I think. Obviously, there's bias. We know I that, and it's a problem. I think that's a priority right? among individual teachers. I don't yeah, think I mean, as, as, remember, system, this is, as far as the system goes in the teachers, bureaucracy. It's individual administrators, and it's individual you know, uh, uh, people at the state and everything else that are handling this. And so you know, there's a lot of moving parts in that that you can't just like you – know, I, I, I do think the system – is designed to do much of what you just described. I think there's a lot of wonderful individuals yeah, absolutely. that are out there, you know, and it's, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I want to open up a can of worms and this is very similar do to it. the, to the section eight and whether or not you want section eight in your backyard, if you live in the suburbs and apparently, you know, it's kind of the same situation that, uh, you don't. So, um, you know, this is kind of interesting. 
So I, <laughs> but I think Lucas's point is good, and that is that it's only going to be a few kids at a time. If it's more than that, then you're going to be looking it will at be a more. You're looking it at a school shutdown. If it's a more than that, that come to it during the day. If you have that, then you've got then you've got a bigger issue to deal to deal with. Well, it's going to be the, the confusion the of it. Not that it's going to be more COVID. Right. It's going to be that I have my my kids have strep every single month from November through May. Right. So and the every, doctor now, and the doctor can write them the doc, No, the doctor well, can write them a note that says this is strep throat. But hold on, but hold on. Yeah, but you have to go and, and get that figured out. Are you then quarantining if you get a COVID test and you don't have? And you're waiting if you don't have an instant test. Are we quarantining now the entire fall? Is my wife yeah, quarantining? Weird. If she comes home sick, are we required to not send our kids to school? This isn't just like, oh, it's a yes. couple kids. No, I agree. That this that is, part's a, that whole that whole part is a fuster clock. The whole thing. Right. So terrible. how is this not distracting and more problematic for I feel like we're a lot of conservatives are like, oh, it's just gonna be better. And you know, they're gonna go back. It's like they're not going back to but that's, normal. That's where the thing is. is that maybe we just go, you know what? If a kid has it and he comes, if a kid has a temper, don't come to school, right? If they did, you know what? Get tested. And I don't, I don't and know. And wait ten I'll... days, and then what are sure. you doing during the ten day wait? Is your whole family, if you have siblings, right. are they allowed to go to school? I don't school? know. I don't know. Or you just have parents lie and say, nope, no temperature. I mean, that's and what's going to happen. When are the teachers teaching? Just so you guys understand this, like, when are you teaching the remote kids who have opted not to show exactly. up because that's an option? When is that happening? I, it's that, it's a I mess. It is. It is a mess. It's a total. It's that's a why, total that's mess. That's why it can't system, be. That's why. I mean, it, that's why it's got to be all or nothing. Yeah, but it's not. They've given New York City has given the option to parents to if they're not ours, comfortable. Ours have that right. here, and so um, you know, in my my uh, I have family that's administrator and a teacher, and I, I I know that's something that's it's a real it's a real challenge. You know, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. Like it's you know you're teaching the kids during the day, and then you're teaching these other kids you know after hours you know, to be able to deal with these other things. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge task. Like, I, I don't think that, you know, um, I don't think there's, there's, there's a huge weight on certain occupations right now because of 2020. Right. And those occupations are police. Those occupations are first responders. Those occupations are pastors. Those occupations are teachers. Those occupations are going to be people who are manning the polls and volunteering at the polls, you know, uh, in November. I mean, and, and like, None of it's fair. It's 2020. Like right. it, but we have to like we have to do something, you know? And I think that staying home and not doing anything or just waiting it out longer, you know, it's not we're not gonna be in a better position six months from now. We're still gonna have the same concerns if we we have to get out there and we have to start moving. And I think that's the only the only option we have. I think ideally January would have been a better push, but the real the reality of parents not being able to be home is what would make me not feel that way i think it's better to test it before flu season you know starts you know for people and look i i can remember you know i feel like i was a sickly kid i went to the nurse's office a fair amount as a child both in elementary school i can remember a couple times in high school i was like always the i went to the largest the second largest school in my state i had three thousand kids in my high school Hmm. had 900 kids in my graduating class i can't think of one time i ever stopped by the nurse's office where i ever saw more than one other person in that room and so, like, you can say, well, that's a non-COVID year. Well, sure, let's let's multiply that times three. Let's multiply that times four. You know, we're talking, we're not talking this whole, if, if it's a, if it looks like a, you know, uh, um, you know, a refugee camp, you know, when you walk in there, you know, from Somalia or something like that, then yes, we need to shut down the school. But like, 
we're, we're not talking about those kind of numbers right now. And if we are, the school's instantly going to get closed down. So I have, an, yeah, I, I mean, I have, like I said, my kid's school was shut down for the flu last year. So I, and get I have, it, so know? I have an, I have another question. Okay. And for the, the person who doesn't want to run the COVID, the COVID closet, the COVID room that's, that's housing these kids who are, who have, who have symptoms, but we don't know if they have it or not, but have symptoms, right? If all along the answer has been, all you have to do is wear a mask and you don't get sick and you don't pass it on. Then what, what is the person who's working? If they have a mask on and maybe they have a mask and a shield, I don't know this gets the shield is more to protect other people. If the mask is the key, if the mask is the key and social distancing is the key, if social distancing at six feet means I don't have to wear a mask, that means that social distancing at six feet or more is as effective as a mask. If I do both of those things, what do I have to fear as far as coming down with the virus? Because well, I've been told, I've been told that social, I mean, social distancing so, and wearing a mask is the magic bullet. Because everybody's they're going to throw me in jail or they're going to give me a thousand dollar fine for not wearing a mask at the freaking city park, right? Well, because it's the magic bullet that's going to save us all. If it's the magic bullet that's going to save us all, then the teacher wearing the mask is not going to have a problem. But it's not the magic bullet that's going to save us all. We know that. Then why are we being told feet. that it is? Six feet isn't enough. Well, they haven't been consistent the whole time, but medical providers, nurses and doctors are three times more likely to contract COVID, right? They're dealing because with they're patients. touching the patients. They, the pa but the they're the best be, at masking up and the, the best teachers shouldn't they know be what touching doing, right? the children. So, so if our assumption is that children who can't keep anything on their face are going to behave in a way that isn't going to spread COVID in those rooms, and I think we're being silly. I mean, you have kids, you know what it's going to be like. So I right, don't know. I'm, talking, I'm just you're saying to, I you're talking a, a room. You're going to put them in a room that can house 25 children and you're talking two, three, five kids at a time. And the, and the teacher is at the front of the room and the kids are in the, the back half of the room. Right. And the teacher's masked up and distant from those kids and getting fogged down every day. If the mask is what protects us uh, and you accompany and you and you put social distancing with it. What does that teacher have to fear? Listen, you guys should sign up to be teachers. I'm saying I don't want my wife doing it, and I, don't, and I wouldn't do it. But if you guys are cool doing it, you should do it. I don't. It's not something as a severe asthmatic I want my wife doing, right? So I think people have to make a decision if they feel comfortable with it. Great. If you want, if they want to offer hazard pay, so do you go, not think? Do you not it. think the ma the masks keep keep the spread from happening? I think N95s do. I don't know. I think okay, a mask get, is better than nothing. If, but if I'm you're, skeptical. So if your of, wife was wearing an N95, you wouldn't have a problem. I would. I would rather why? have her not. If it's in a the room magic bullet, kids. why? Why are you worried about it? I didn't say. I never said it was a magic bullet. I think an N95 is the best possible way because you can get it from touching things too. It's in the air. If you move your mask for a second, listen. A room of concentrated people with COVID, nobody wants to be in that room. Let's be honest. I don't care who's listening to this. I, you guys don't want to be in that room either. No, I don't want to be just, in the room because I also don't believe that masks stop it. Sure. So, so I, I mean, but if I, you're somebody who believes that masks, a huge proponent if, of we should all. I have said I think wearing a mask is we should do it. I'm because saying it's better than not having. I'm saying one. that the government is sending mixed messages. If the government yeah, says, course. if the government says masks are the magic bullet, and you accompany that with social distancing, then what? Then what are these government employees, also called teachers, have? How, what do they have to fear? If the message from the government, for whom the teachers work, is masks plus social distancing is the magic bullet and keeps it keeps it from spreading and keeps people from getting it what is a teacher scared of well i think they don't believe that which right. is why they don't believe it because the government because the government because the government yeah, is, I mean, is apparently wrong about that and if the government is wrong about that why are we all wearing masks why are we all social well, distancing because i don't think they're ineffective and i think that they're helpful 
Do I think it's the end? The problem is most people, you're putting your mask on I wrong. See. You're taking it off wrong. You're probably wearing a crappy mask. Like, there's a million things, right, that could be going wrong with mask wearing. My friend's an EMT, and he was explaining to me, like, people putting gloves on. You know, they're not doing it right. Like, you right. talk about gloves, gloves you talk about masks. It's... If, you don't, if you're not changing them between every interaction, your gloves are useless. Yeah, I mean, I put um, hand sanitizer on mine because I'm crazy, but... <laughs> Listen, I don't have the answers to any of it. I don't know what the answer is. I think schools are going to be way more chaotic places. And I don't I'm not sold on the idea that there's a better model for kids at this point. I don't think sitting in a room all day for a five year old in the same room with no gym, no and no any fun, nothing is mentally better for them. All so are they not going to have any recesses at your kids? School? I don't know. I, we don't know anything because no. Cuomo has given no guidance outside. If you can open, if you want. Yeah. Shocking. So, <laughs> there's right. a surprise. I think they're not going to open in September. That's my what and they, my wife is going back, to... so I'm I have the kids. Great, you so know. When, um, when is, hooray! When, now, what your your wife teaches in the city in 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 Brooklyn, right? In Brook or Bronx? In the Bronx, she, Bronx, yeah. When is she supposed to start, and when are your two girls supposed to start? She is supposed to start the eighth. She's supposed to of be September. There, um, of September, and then they they haven't even given a date for them yet. Oh, really? For the kids? What was We've the, heard what everything was the date supposed to be? To the, I mean, at the end of the school year, they had, here's our target date for opening in the fall. Did they give a target date even like three months ago? It was, it would have been the 8th, like the 8th okay. or 9th, the, right after Labor Day. That's usually when they would go back. I do not believe they're going back. They call, I went yesterday, I picked up two computers, <laughs> one for my neighbor. They're giving everybody touchscreen computers. Why are they doing that? Well, you can't use pencils. You can't share crayons. You can't share anything. So even if they are in school, the computer will be how they learn. So they're learning from a computer in the school probably too, I'm assuming. Um and then, you know, but the only good thing is if they do close up, you take the computer home with you, you continue, right? Yeah. But they don't know what to do. They And they've been very open with parents. They've sent us emails. They've sent repeatedly going after Cuomo, kind of saying he hasn't given us guidance. We Absolutely. don't know what to, like, we have three plans. A hybrid, which nobody likes. The in-person, which is what they really want to do. They want to bring them yeah. back. And then they have the at home. And I have a feeling we're going to be at home for a while longer, probably. But I could be wrong. And I think I think it's smart. Listen, I don't blame the teachers for going. Give us some guidance. Let us know what it is you expect. Like tell tell what do you? That is where the teachers have the right. Where I think where I side with them is like, at least give us a consistent message. You've not given us well, a consistent message. Well, parents are coming in too. New York yeah. City is not like how we grew up, where a bus is dropping you off and you're walking into the school. The parents are coming into the school, so you've got an entire community, and they need to do it in five minutes. How are you getting yeah. people out when you don't even know the parents in a new school year? It's there's a lot of parts to it that yeah. I think in the city, which is different, you know, than a lot of other places that are, it'll get figured out and we can't stay inside forever. So I don't know. I hate you both. Um, you guys actually make me into a progressive during these conversations I know, I love it. because you're both so like, well, you know, I'm just going to send cake. you a Biden mail-in ballot. Let him eat cake. I would never vote for Joe Biden. I'll say that openly on oh, this podcast. Neither would I. Um, okay, so one, I want to ask you one more thing because I haven't had a chance to listen to it. You did an interview with John MacArthur, right? About because we talked about that briefly on the show, right? Well, not briefly. Yes. We talked about it on the show. Tell us mm -hmm. what you said because one of the questions I wanted you to ask him was, okay, you have said that that the that the American correct me if I got this wrong that the American mm -hmm. Revolution was a violation of Romans chapter twelve or thirteen, right? Thirteen, yeah. That it was mm -hmm. sinful and all the. So how does he square? that claim with his claim of this social disobedience that he is civil disobedience that he is having in his church in California. 
Out of all the things I talked to him about, I felt like that one was the most convoluted, the response. He was said There's that they were surprise. not the same thing, but I can't really remember how he framed the argument. He kind of went back into, you know, his his position on this. I, I guess in in that case, you're talking about overthrowing a government, essentially, mm -hmm. right? In this case, it's more about religious freedom and impeding that religious freedom. They're different issues. And he his whole argument is more about the church, the government not having having the right to come in and control what the church does. So there is a difference there, but I still think critics are right to ask the question. I I did not tell him what I thought. I just interviewed him. I he told me that week one they had three thousand people. Week two they had six thousand people. And so the wow. idea of having six thousand people without a mask mandate inside the church to me is irresponsible. Was, but it, six, was it six thousand in one service, or was it six thousand spread over over multiple services? That's a good question. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know how big it is. It's definitely thousands. I would imagine in any sure. given service yes. without without masks. Yeah, interesting. A lot of them without masks. Not yeah. all. Some bring them. Well, I thought it was. Um, yeah. So now he's suing. He since right. we've talked, and we had a really nice conversation. I mean, I think um, I understand his arguments. I do. I, I I just don't. Do you guys think it's wise to put six thousand people in in a church building on a Sunday right now in a county where there's maybe issues with COVID still? I am for individual rights and being able to decide that if if people are being forced, if you're being told, hey, you have to go stand in this room with six thousand people. You know, I don't want to. Sorry, you have to go in there. That's obviously a problem. But these are people that are saying, I want to go to church. You know, they understand the risks. They understand the reasons. They're going there for a reason. They're going there to make a statement. They're going there to worship. You know, they believe in the, I mean, you know, the early church was gathering at the risk of being executed. Uh, you know, the, the chances of them being executed was probably higher than the chances of somebody getting COVID. Right, you can't uh, so, pass execution onto your elderly loved ones, but sure. Yeah, I understand. Sure, but but your you know, your elderly loved ones can stay quarantined. I have family that's still quarantined and I'm not going to see them because I'm taking meetings and I'm right. doing other things. And so, you know, I'm I'm being responsible with that. And I think that that's their choice and that's why it's working is because we're respecting each other and you know, that's the state that it's in. Well, it doesn't seem to be working in other places, but yeah, I I I, I resonate with what you're saying. I think I, the personal freedom is a big part. But. I think the big I think the personal freedom is a big part of it. I don't know as far as is it smart if if COVID is what they want if if COVID is everything they tell us that it is then I don't know that meeting six thousand people crammed crammed together without masks is smart but that's if but if if we buy yes. everything that they tell us you're about, starting with a presupposition right. based upon right. you know one sided data if it if that may or may not be severely slanted right if that's the case then maybe it's not smart my my thing is whatever rules apply. Whatever most lenient rules apply to any business that's open ought to also apply to the church. The most lenient, the most yeah. lenient rules for business and government should also apply to the church. It's not I the think, same as yeah. a movie theater. It's not the same as you know. It's like, well, we've still got movie theaters closed, or they can only only fifty percent capacity, or whatever. Whatever rules apply to Walmart or any other business that's open, and any other government entity that's open, whatever the whatever the most liberal rules are, that's what should apply to the church. I would say I agree with some caveats. I think going to Walmart and moving is different than standing in the same place. I mean, there, there's science behind this. Sure. That standing, yeah. Whether you're going to a stadium or you're going to a church, the act of staying in the same place and singing and talking and 
you know, that that's different from walking through Walmart with a mask on. Right. But I would agree if it's, if it's the same size and it's the same type of thing mm -hmm. that the same rules should apply right. to churches that they, of course they do to every, to everyone else. I, I know that there's discrepancies over numbers. I still, I still have a hard time with clearly if 165,000 people have died in this short amount of time, it's something. even if it's a hundred thousand, we then it is what they've kind of said it is. Maybe it's not as bad, but it's yeah, it's absolutely. bad enough. Yep, absolutely. It, it's it's it, we, and we can't say it's nothing. And I would never say that it's not sure. nothing. No, I know yeah, you exactly. would. And I and I don't think that and and I, I know Bill, Lucas is the same way. And I and I think Bill, you would agree. It's it doesn't appear to be the thing that the most um, rabid <laughs> rabid the most nervous Nelly of everybody would say that it is either. Right. I mean, I think, right. I think, that, and part of the problem is, and Billy, you and I lament this multiple times a day, all day, every day. We can't get a consistent message from anybody. Right. Nobody. Right. Uh, policymakers, health experts, you know, pseudo experts, nobody, nobody is giving us the uh, consistent information. And when we can't get on the same page, that's what causes all this other frustration and consternation in churches in social social groups and social settings for businesses which is why you have to allow for individual freedom to make that decision ultimately, because you comes, don't know what's true so you got to make the call for yourself ultimately it comes but, down but to you that you do know it's true enough to know that it can spread so like this yeah. whole individual freedom thing yes i agree with you in principle but you're still going out into the world where there are other people who you're choosing to then interact with after exercising that individual freedom i just think it makes the church look very selfish I, honestly, like I, I think it makes Christians look, well, my individual freedom is what matters most. And I resonate with the idea of religious freedom. I get that. I'm I'm on that side. But I would not attend a church with 6,000 people right now. I would find that to be. Right. Right. But, the beautiful but, thing. But this is why this disease is spreading, though, because people have decided not to listen to those rules in I, beaches I, and in other places. And, look, if they're not, you know, if they're not with other people to, also not listening if, to If they're the not rules. willing to assign spread to riots and looters and mean protesters, it's not happening, Lucas. It, then, then, you know, but yet they're like, everybody would love to assign spread to a church group, you know, that they have no documentation that they're showing, you know, massive spread from John MacArthur's meetings or whoever it is. Well, there um, are churches where they have documented spread though. Sure. And, and I'm sure there are protests where they would document it if they tried, I would argue it's all bad. All mm. of these things are bad and not, and not smart. And so, I guess my question to you is at what point does, do we cross that line of great? You exercised your individual freedom um, and it actually hurt other people. Like at what point but, are we convicted? What a point I, the person I, that interacts with Lucas, it's not their, isn't it their personal freedom to have interacted with him and gone to a place yeah. where he is. But isn't I, that I, different I, from I, congregating 6,000 people? I probably take four or five meetings a day. I've been doing that since things opened up in May um, the city's bustling. I know that you're still kind of in, in somewhat bunker mode, you know, in New York. And I understand that. And I, 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 get, I think that that's probably more appropriate for the area that you're in the, you know, for me, I'm, I'm driving to the city. I'm, I'm doing meetings, you know, um, everybody that comes into my building, we take their temperature. Uh, I do that before I shake their hand. Uh, I, you know, we well, got why are you doing time. that? Because that's my landlord's requirement, actually. Would but you I, do it if they didn't? Um, 
I don't mind that it happens. I, I'm I'm a willing participant in if that. If it's something you know? that puts somebody else at at, at, sure. at ease, I, don't, I mean, again, and I don't know where you know. So I think it, I would encourage people before you go to church, take your temperature. You know, I think everybody should probably be doing that right now if this is even half as bad as they're saying it is. So take your temperature on a regular basis. Like that's great. But you know, it's it's um, I, I'm interacting with people all the time. Uh, I ask them, you know, we get into the office and we sit down, we're six feet apart. Hey, do you want to wear a mask? Do you not want to wear a mask? What's your comfort level? And, you know, some people say, hey, I'd prefer to keep it on. I'm, you know, I have a, you know, uh, uh, existing health condition. Uh, okay, that's fine. So I leave my mask on. So and every single time is a conversation. Was, and that person with a pre-existing health condition chose to meet with you. Chose to come to my office and meet with me. Now, right. I have other people that, that they don't. And so we'll do a, a Zoom call or sure. whatever. And even though they're like, you know, five minutes down the road, we're still doing a Zoom call with. But they have the choice. But, right. And that, but okay, they have the choice. But that's very different from a pastor bringing thousands of people into a church. I just like, I understand what you're I've saying. I've never brought anybody into my church. They walk in by themselves. Okay. But you set the tone. Pastors set the tone for their church. We know well, this. What and, do you want them to do? Close up? Because, or, um, or better I, yet, you know, have to take $2 million in government money and now the, the state owns the church? I mean, we, there's not a lot of options here. Well, I, if you think this is appropriate, that's you can feel that way. I I don't personally think it's appropriate. I wouldn't attend a church where it happened. I and that is my individual right, but because I actually think it's wrong. So you know, now I had a great time talking with him. I thought it was interesting. I don't really believe either of you would put your families in a church with six thousand people. I would hope you wouldn't at this point. Uh, but if you did, that's your choice. And I probably, I can't, I'm I not going to go after people for doing I it. I probably wouldn't go someplace cheek to jowl. No, I, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be. I mean, I can tell you, my wife has flown. She flew to California, you know, and she had zero problem with it. She has pre-existing conditions. She got on the plane willingly, you know. She had heart surgery twelve years ago, open heart, you know, and so she had no qualms about that. She didn't feel unsafe. She didn't feel, you know, exposed. There was no open middle seat. It was all three people jam-packed plane. Um, you know, she was fine. And so, I mean, this is this is a really personal, individual comfort level, um, you know, sort of decision. And I think somebody who doesn't want to be in that situation, don't go in that situation. Stay and watch on live stream. Right, but, you're gonna take, and if you're gonna if you're gonna go tax free and you're gonna participate, then you got to play by the government's rules. And so, I think there's an argument for churches to say, and I actually think it's a strong argument. Huckabee was advocating this years ago. You know, then don't don't partake in it. The government's going to try to put rules on you. I actually, if John MacArthur's church wasn't tax exempt, I would have less of an issue with it. You're participating in the government system of getting a tax free, being a tax free institution. Then you got to abide by the rules that are in your county. That's my view on it. Well, if you're a business of any kind, you have to abide. But it doesn't matter if they're 501c3 or not. But if it the rules matter. are slanted right. towards but, one but, group but over the, another, but you I mean, can, you can say that, that the no, building you can say that, should be uniform. You can say that all you want sure, about. Sure, sure. You can say that all you want about whether you're tax free or not. It doesn't matter if they're tax free or not. The rules are no shirt, no shoes, no service. You add mask to that. Uh, hopefully temporarily, they're still they're still violating some sort of health order. It doesn't matter if they're five hundred one c three. You can bring that up all you want. That's a political. That's a that is a non starter. As far as the, the tax the tax exempt status goes, it's whether or not you think this is a just law. And if you think it's unjust, th then that's I think, what, that's I think what it's he's dealing unfairly, with. Unfairly, I where I resonate with him and, and with you guys is that I think there are, there have been unfair applications of it, you know, that have been that have been put out there, and I think okay. that that is a legitimate thing to raise, and I agree with him on that. Um, do I agree with the governor of California that having six thousand people in a church is a crappy idea? 
when you have this sort of issue going on. Yeah, I, I understand that perspective too. So, well, so what's the, uh, I, and I, 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 I'm, I'll ask this question, admitting it in front, I don't know the answer. What is the appropriate response from someone like John, John MacArthur or, or any pastor? I don't know. What is, what is the right response? I situation. don't know. And at some point you may have to do, at some point you may have to to say, when is the end of this coming? And I have asked people in California and talked to them about that. And they've said, we see no end to it. That's why he's doing this. And I understand that too, right? Yeah. Of saying, okay, well, when is, when are we going to have a reprieve from this? I have not been to church in six months now, five months. My family has not been to church. Which we haven't explains gone. Why you're, um, you, it explains shows. why you have yeah. such a well, bad we, attitude on the show. We're more devoted to watching week. it and paying attention than ever though. You know, I don't see, yeah. and this is where yeah, I don't. But I think, I, as a pastor, I think that is. I mean, I understand people that don't have, and again, I would have a different uh, feeling for somebody living in a hotbed like where you're right, at right exactly. now. So this is not a statement towards you, but I can tell you that I have seen, you know, some of these stats about discipleship during this time. I mean, this thing has exposed stuff in people, and what you have is you have basically. You know, um, I mean, churches have moved from being, you know, way back in the day, the church. To now it is, you know, then it went to like individual autonomous churches. Now we have this phenomenon of, of individual autonomous believers, that there's no connection, there's no accountability. They're just these isolated little micro churches of their own families. And I think that the accountability level of the believer is at an all time low. And I think there's going to be drastic ramifications of that within Christianity in the next five or 10 years uh, as a result. Sure. Does that say more about our individual faith walks, though, than it oh, does absolutely. about the systems around it? I think that the system was already damaged, and I think that this, you know, gave an opportunity for, uh, you know, some really additional injury to be added to it. And so I don't celebrate the stay home forever and watch online unless you're really in a position that you, you know, have some sort of pre-existing condition or you have to. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, although, I mean, we've been live streaming forever. I, I mean, we just had a girl you know, uh, um, you know, she's going to be at our church. She said this first time, you know, this Sunday has been watching online this whole time. I, I mean, we, there's fruit coming from that for people. Uh, and I'm thankful for the medium that we have, but the, um, I, I think that, I, I think there's a reason why scripture tells us to assemble together, to meet together, to fellowship together. And I think it's a missing component for a lot of people right now. So, yeah, I mean, there's no Sunday school either. So it's like, yeah. even if you go, you're sitting there, you know, and you're not inside the church, you're outside and kids are running around. It's very distracting. It just it, at this point, to me, at least where we are and our church, there's not a lot of options uh, that are going to allow me to actually partake in it. So watching it is a better option. But I understand what you're saying. I think, listen, I'm not saying John MacArthur's 100% wrong. It feels to me a little irresponsible at the moment to have that many people in a church. And I would say the same thing about a protest. I'd say the same thing about a baseball game. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. Now I think John MacArthur is respectable and I read all, I read the books he writes on, you know, I, I'm going through his James book right now. So, you know, he's somebody I've looked to on a lot of things, but yeah. I would probably disagree with a few theological points well, with very, him, he's but very, I would be a, a glad few, to stand with him few, on this uh, particular issue. He's the most tulip author out there. I mean, <laughs> this he is, is true. There is no one more. Listen, I have respect for the I, Reformed absolutely. movement in history. Uh, I just think that the doctrine of sovereignty is really damaging. So if That's I could a, adjust a couple <laughs> letters or two of that uh, tulip, we well, can make this it, all well, work. And it's funny because it's, he has I, I born born and raised Nazarene, still Nazarene Church, right? So which is kind of an offshoot of the Methodist Church. That's where Phineas F. Brzee came from, you know, and, and you know all this. 
but MacArthur has, has been asked about the Nazarene Church before and had not the greatest things in the world to say about it, which is fine. That's he's got to his opinion, but um, I th- you know I'm reminded Billy, uh, or not Billy Lucas of something that my uncle once said. He's had conversations with people. Again, this goes back to camping and things, but people said, listen, I can go worship God out in the wilderness. I, I don't have to go to church on Sunday to be a Christian. I can worship God just as easily out in the mountains and in, in all of his grandeur and glory, the things that he created. My uncle if I had finally had enough of their, their argument. He says, okay, I will agree that you can do that and be a Christian if you will agree that you won't, that, that you're not going to. Do you agree that, yes, you can yeah. do that, but, you, but you're not going to. You won't do it. Yep. Yep. It's a lack of commitment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So, uh, so I am going to go to bed now. I guys. think you should. I'm going to be honest. I just realized with you. how late it is. You. you know what? You guys actually make me take the opposing position now, which I'm way like, this is my, you guys kind of, Chris knows this. I, I will take it. the opposing position just to do it. I do I this love with it. my wife all day long. So, a lot of the things I've said so to you. So basically, I've, you're like an Italian mother. Oh, basically, yes. I was fi- I was going back and forth with her earlier today. I tend to, I tend to, because I see a lot of middle ground on these things. Go and say, oh, I'm gonna. I do. I mean, the MacArthur stuff. I would. That's kind of where I am right now. That could change tomorrow, but that's how I feel today. But you know, the school stuff. I, I kind of go back and forth on. Yeah. You know, so I appreciate you guys bringing out the worst in me. Thank you. Well, and where is not as I don't think, you know, we. Boys and girls, if you've made it this far, know that mommy and daddy are not fighting permanently. We do this because no, it's entertaining. Also because I we think hate I make you guys dig in more too. Oh, and yeah, for absolutely. our listeners, go ahead and write us. Let us know what you think. Who is right about oh, the MacArthur situation? Do you think I really do you think I really school situation? We want to know. Do you think I really believe it's as 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 cut and dried about going back to school as I just portrayed it to be? No. Absolutely and I don't not. think it's as I think it's complicated. I don't we think do it's do believe as... though that I think it is cut as dry. <laughs> as I, said it is. I think it's I think I I certainly ramped up my side of the things I believe, but I think that Me I too. listen that you I have to have that. these debates and especially and that's why I think that the governor I hate to say this, when Inslee comes out and says it has to be decided on a district by district basis, I think that that is the right approach. Yeah, no, you got to do it. You have to do it locally. I think the governors should give guidance based on what they know, not mandates, but guidance for districts. I think that would be fine. Hey, your district is in a hot zone. You know, maybe you do this. But, you know, I just I don't know what I'm going to do if they're home and one's starting kindergarten, the other one's starting third grade and (laughs) I'm with them and. It's going to give you a lot of material for future episodes. Billy's going to be trying to do third grade math. That should be interesting. I can't even do first grade or second grade math. <laughs> well, this has been a fun episode, extended episode. Thank you guys for allowing me to be a little bit tardy today. I know nobody's listening. Nobody's at this point. They are done with me. Well, you guys are about asleep. I just realized it's almost eleven o'clock. Where you, it is eleven yeah, o'clock. Yeah. Where you are? Holy cow! I'm sorry. Well, I'm not really sorry, but but you know how it is. The Church Boys didn't work. Yeah!